With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What it do, baby? What's up? It's your vibe. What it do, baby? <laughs> Everyone, get in on this. Lucas, what up? it do, baby? What it do, baby? <laughs> yeah, yeah, what it do? <laughs> uh, it's, it's the whole crew with you. I uh, see here the Lob, the Jam, the podcast, doing a special episode. Uh, we got Rob, as always. What's yeah. up, Rob? Rob, drinking. Uh, about to go to sleep when uh, Chris Haynes tweeted uh, Kawhi Leonard to the Clippers. And uh, that was uh, started an insane hour. And uh, yeah, things are insane and awesome. And uh, the Lakers suck. Things are insane. I'm Chapon. You guys know that. We got Lucas, of course. Lucas, what's up? What to do? <laughs> what to do, baby? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I had just turned all the lights off in my house and gone to like gotten into bed and my phone went off and I have noticed I have like notifications on for Chris Haynes and I still like I still checked on my computer and then opened the app on my phone and checked again I was like I'm not getting baited into publishing this article right now because we had it pre-written I just had to click publish <laughs> right, right, right. I'm not I am not fucking this up and oh my god it was real <laughs> This shit's real. Lewis. We got Lewis from Real GM. Uh, what to do, baby? What to do, baby? I just got back hey. from the club, and while I was – I'm <laughs> on the East Coast, so it's actually well past my bedtime out here, and I so was not in bed. However, I was only half-dressed when I got the text from Woj. I don't have Chris Haynes' text alerts uh, set up. Sorry, my man. Uh, but I got the text while uh, my friend was in the bathroom, and we got pizza coming, so we're all set up. Uh, and my reaction has been recorded, and it's on Instagram for posterity. Oh, and man. by that, I mean posterity. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I just got back from the club. That's chill. Well, we're all drinking a little bit right now, so hopefully we'll catch up. Um, I was yeah, just... Shap doesn't have liquor, though. How I don't not... have liquor, man. I'm a doctor. I can't just, like, carry liquor in my fridge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doctor has ever drank liquor. Okay, yeah, whatever. So I'm drinking some beer. Uh, I, I was just chilling. Like, I was catching up on some notes and then actually watching an episode of Stranger Things before I was about to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> And then this popped up on my phone, and then I was like, fuck. Speaking and then of I, strange things. Yeah, speaking of stranger things, <laughs> I saw the Woj thing come up on my phone, and then I just got blasted with just like texts and Facebook messages and WhatsApp, WhatsApp groups, a billion other things. And I've just been looking up details. I'm wearing my Shagel just Alexander jersey right now, which from uh. the front, which from the front, you wouldn't know it was a former Clipper, but it is a former <laughs> Clipper. I love Shay. We're going to talk about him a little bit. He was obviously my favorite Clipper, but this is not the time right now for a sadness. We'll get to that a little bit later. Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are Los Angeles Clippers. Team LA uh, back home. Uh, Lucas, what, what do you think about these two? Are, they, are we going to be good? 
<laughs> yeah, you know, two, two really interesting additions for the Clippers here. I could see both of them slotting nicely into the rotation. Hey, hey don't um, we need a small forward? <laughs> Haven't we needed a small forward for like 10 years? The Clippers, the Clippers just got the two best small forwards in franchise history within five minutes of each other. In the league, is LeBron James a better small forward than probably Paul George still? Maybe, probably. No. No? No, Paul George was third in MVP voting last year. Are you kidding? That's true. That's true. I, I think I'd agree with yeah. that. I mean, it's not even like like the thing with trading for Paul George right now is like we all know Paul George is a superstar, right? And that he's been in this this caliber for a while, but he probably just had the best year of his career last year. Like you're trading for him at a peak, uh, which is easy to think that this deal was even possible for the Clippers. But it, what it came down to was Kawhi wanting to be a Clipper so bad that he was in touch with Paul George all week and got Paul George basically to go to the Thunder and say, trade me to the Clippers. Oh, my God. And, yeah, I mean, so... <sighs> can we just, can we just already, talk Kawhi's about... already making an impact. Yes, Lewis. Can we just talk about how, like, uncommon that is that anyone would, would want to be a Clipper any amount of badly, <laughs> let alone, like, wanting to be a Clipper so badly that you would start cold-calling other players in the league and be like, hey, demand a trade from a situation that you were so happy about that you like fully re-upped last year, even though everyone expected you to go to LA. Do that because I'm on my way here and because I want it that badly. Like that just doesn't happen for Clipper fans. Absolutely. Who knew that literally never happened. Who knew that Russell Westbrook's teammate would eventually get tired of his situation? Like, I just, <laughs> I, just I, 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 I never figured that that would happen. But, uh, yeah, well, no, this, speaking this of, is the one. Speaking of Westbrook, how do you guys, like, how do you guys think Westbrook is going to adjust to coming off the bench next year? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, God, I Shay. Mean, well, he's, oh, Shay, please, please take, dude, please take care of yeah. Shay. Please take care of Shay. Okay, see, please don't ruin his career. Russ, please. Can we believe oh. that we kept Landry Shamit? It's pretty crazy. Like we didn't, like we didn't give, we didn't have to give up both of them to get Paul George. But we did give up a lot of picks. Well, <laughs> yeah, they gave you know. up, I think, thirteen first round picks. Yeah, it sounds like thirteen. Paul George, PG thirteen, so thirteen first round picks. But yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a bounty. So we're still getting news trickling in. Exactly, I think we'll have an idea. Maybe we, this, all of this just happened, by the way. I think the fans probably realized we did a pod as soon as we heard the information. Um, Rob, is, is there an objective way to look at this trade? The fact that we gave up so many picks and Shea, I think Gallinari is just, you know, it's just to make the de- salaries work, but Shea and all those picks, that's quite, it's quite a lot. Is that quite a lot? What do you think, Rob? It is a huge amount, but it doesn't really matter. You know, I think as long as the Clippers win one championship, it doesn't matter. Um, but the pressure has never been higher you know, even Lob City never had this kind of expectation where, like, if they don't win a championship, like, it's not going to look good because they gave up, like, their entire future outside of Shamit. And, like, if you want to throw Jerome Robinson and, like, the two guys they just drafted, like, sure. Um, but really, they gave up all of their future uh, for a shot to win in the next three years. And whether they do that or not, you know, we'll, we'll look at this trade and be – I think even if they don't, we can say this trade was, you know, a masterstroke, uh, but it could end up looking Billy King-like. We don't know. I think really you just have to hope that 
Paul George's shoulder is okay and Kawhi Leonard's uh, leg slash hamstring are okay. And if those two guys are able to stay healthy, you know, the Clippers are going to be really, really, really freaking good. So it'll be worth it. Lewis, who do you root for? Who do I who's root your, for? Who's your squad? Who's your squad? You have a squad? I don't know. I've been a Clipper fan since my freshman year of high school. I grew up in L.A. and was a fan of both teams. But at a certain point, you meet a uh, critical mass of Lakers fans, and then you just kind of pick a side, whether you're going to be with them or against them. And okay. All is, on, all is forgiven. All is forgiven. So, <laughs> yeah. so, so what's your take? What's your take on this, on this deal? Honestly, I mean, I guess there is some, supposed to be some room for objectivity on this pie. That's a lot of picks we gave up. You know, we could look silly in the future. But, I mean, what? George is 20, 29, and, and, uh, and Kawhi is – they're both in their primes. So, I mean, I feel like objectively it's hard to really say that this was a mistake in any way. We lost Shea. We lost quite a, quite a few picks. But – is there a way to put some perspective on this? I mean, I feel like we just saw Anthony Davis um, get traded to the Lakers for a bounty of players and picks and everything. And they were, they were you know, obviously congratulated to an extent, but there was some idea that, wow, they gave up a lot. What is this in comparison to that? Well, obviously you don't have any, like, you can't be attached to picks. The reason that you have them is for this exact situation and if you're sentimental about picks, then you're watching the NBA the wrong way. Um, it's hard, though, as a Clipper fan, to not feel like you got it from the ground up. And it seemed like if you were going to be a Clippers fan, the only way the team was ever going to become a contender or like really become really great is if they hit on a bunch of draft picks in a row and they just like got something the way Oklahoma City did when they had KD, Russ, and Harden. And so the fact that they're trading away their, like, best prospect to get these two guys while they're already in the middle of their primes, like, it – I'm not going to say it didn't feel, like, a little little bit guilty. (laughs) But part of that is because I've been conditioned as a Clippers fan to always want – the harder way and that's a lot of the identity of being Clippers fan is like well we're not the Lakers we don't just get guys because we want them and Kawhi was the once in a generation guy who was fame averse and one of the top three dudes in the league and if he was gonna come to the Clippers then great and if he didn't then it really seemed like no one ever was And for the Clippers to do what they had to do, which was give up that dream of building it from totally organically to just kind of selling everything that they had in order to get these guys, I like it. Because it means that the next guy that they go after who isn't as fame-averse could come to the Clippers. And as a fan, the one thing that you're looking for more than, to me, more than uh, championships or contending teams, like you're looking for other fans. And like the Clipper fan base just isn't that big. I know that they sell out a lot of games, but even their playoff games are like networking events. <laughs> like so many people there are like on business. And we don't have Jurassic Park. Like we don't. And there was one star 
that just seem to not care about that. And now it seems like, hey, maybe three years from now, we will have something like that, uh, where it's a bunch of fans who rallied around Kawhi and Paul George. And look, that's going to be a fair amount of bandwagons. But it's also going to be a fair amount of people in L.A. who have only seen shitty Lakers teams and are like, hey, I want to see a team that's competent, uh, it's well-run, that has players that are no-nonsense and not about branding. Uh, and I'm on board with that. Because, like, I don't know how you guys became Clipper fans. For me, it was like rooting for the underdog team. It was rooting for, like, the team had something to prove instead of the team that had, like, the cachet and the legacy and wealth and all that other stuff. And the potential of that being a thing that grows in L.A. for the Clippers is, like, to me, what's most exciting about this. Uh, Because the hurdle that we have over the L.A. Lakers is – much more significant than like what the Brooklyn Nets, for example, have to do with like the ratio of Laker fans to Clipper fans in LA is what? 50 to one. Like there isn't a Clipper bar in LA. We need a Clipper bar. Like there yeah. is a whole infrastructure of fandom that is lacking in LA, which seem, which made it seem impossible that any superstar uh, in the prime of their careers would like voluntarily choose to join. And if there was going to be one, one guy who did that, it was Kawhi. And now it's happened. Yep. Yep. Lewis, I apologize for, for asking you what, what team you root for. I, it would trigger me very much after, <laughs> after, after years, I just met you to start this pod. And after years of rooting for the Clippers, <laughs> it would trigger me very much. If somebody asked me, I'd tell them to fuck off, but thank you for not doing that to me. Um, <laughs> it started tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's going to go on a very long time, I'm sure. Lucas, I mean, I'm so hyped. I don't even know what to ask. Let's talk maybe a little bit about our starters. So with our depth chart now, and probably more importantly, our closers. So who are we closing with? I think we're kind of assuming maybe we have the idea of Pat, George. uh, Maybe, let's see. We probably would go with Pat, George, Kawhi, Trez, and Lou. Would that be who we close games with, Lucas? I don't know. I don't know if you close games with, with Lou Williams when you have the offense on the floor from Paul George Kawhi. Sure. Um, I mean, if, you know, maybe in the game, you know, Lou's going to have his nights over the course of the season, right? But I think you probably, you know, I'm, so I'm assuming at this point that George is going to start at the two and Kawhi is going to start at the three because I don't see either of those guys signing up for a full season of power forward yeah, minutes. Yeah, no thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so then I think, you know, the Clippers have that, that moves Shamit to basically backup shooting guard, um, with Lou Williams being the backup point guard. And then the Clippers have, you know, they've got Maurice Harkless, who they recently acquired, who's a really solid guy who can play the four. And I also think that at this point, Jamichael Green probably comes back for the room exception. Yep. And so then maybe, you're, you know, you're probably looking at, you, they've got a lot of options. It's going to be Pat. It's going to be George. It's going to be Kawhi. And then maybe you kind of slide those forwards down and you play Shamit with them, or you play, you know, you play Lou for one of the guards. Maybe you play Trez. Maybe you move to Michael Green over to the five. Maybe you run with Harkless at the five. Um, or imagine playing a lineup that's like 
Patrick Beverly, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Maurice Harkless, Jermichael Green, and you just switch everything and blitz on defense. Like, they have – this team has so much depth, and now it has the top-level talent too. So it's like two – the two superstars, probably two of the best five players in the league. Like, it's ridiculous that the Clippers somehow have a better top-two tandem than the Lakers with, like, LeBron and Anthony Davis. But they did it. Yep. And the Clippers actually have a full bench and a full roster of guys who can play different roles. Oh that give, it, Doc has so many weapons. The Lakers just spent half of their cap space on Danny Green after they lost out on Kawhi. Like, they, wow. they don't have a point guard. Like, Rajon Rondo is going to be – Yeah, who's going to dribble the ball? The not, not Danny Green. Like, they, need a, they need a guard. Alex Caruso is going to back up Rondo. Like, that's, that's what the Lakers are working with. Hey, man, Alex, to, like, Caruso, yeah, Alex Caruso, Caruso gives me nice nightmares, it gives me nightmares. Let's not talk about Alex Caruso. If, if, you're, if you're Doc Rivers and you're looking at this depth chart and you're just toying around with the – like you guys remember when like the, the old NBA video games, you could set all your different lineups, right? So you could set like starters, bench, defense, tall, quick, like all these different custom lineups. Imagine being Doc and just sitting in your office and thinking about all of the different combinations of guys you can play to do different things. The Clippers just have so many good, versatile players. Um, I mean, and even like like Rodney McGruder, who we haven't even mentioned, like Rodney McGruder yeah. has been a starter on two solid Miami Heat teams. Like Maurice Harkless has been a starter on, you know, really good Portland teams. Jerome Robinson has it's, scored eight points in consecutive games. Man, Jerome Robinson and David <laughs> He had Kino those two nice plays in the playoffs. Tonight? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ship him out. <laughs> yeah, I have to teasing. Oh, anyway. It's better, though, guys. The Lakers assigned KCP to a two-year $16 million deal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> they shortchanged him. Oh, man. Let's keep it in the family. Yeah, it's, that's great. That's great. Good job. Good job, Lakers. Did, did they get a camera reaction of LeBron when they announced the trade, or was the Vegas Summer League over for the day when it happened? <laughs> it's over. It's over because of the earthquake. The earthquake was yeah. They 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 called it early because of the earthquake. Really? Oh, I didn't know wow. that. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. Lewis, who who do you yeah, want to close? Who do you want to close games with, Lewis? Who's your who's your ideal I'm su- five? I'm surprised that Lucas left uh, Lou off of there because to me it seems like Lou is a big part of what. First of all, not not just what we were doing and like the last year uh last couple of years but uh also because like it seems like he was probably a low-key part of the recruiting process like obviously he was for pat beverly but uh i don't know as long as we're trading shea it feels like we got to hold on to a little bit of what we what got us here i don't know uh and lou is dope and makes shots and is good i mean you wouldn't want him in there for defensive purposes but also, I'm not really worried about crunch time. <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of blowouts with this group. I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, we don't want to go all Bill Simmons on this. Yeah, I'm not predicting. I'm going 60, 60, 60, 67 wins. 67 Bill wins. Simmons. 80 and 0. 80 and 2. Okay, here's what I'm curious about. Because Doc Rivers hasn't really done load match in the past. Oh, he will. I think they have to. <laughs> he will I now. Kawhi only, only goes there if they do load management. 
and we can handle it. I mean, we we're pretty low. We're pretty loaded uh, to pardon the pun, but we have a pretty good bench, and we have Paul George. I feel like I feel like it's something doable. Man, I'm, I'm gonna miss Shea a lot, but there were times even to close games where you put Pat. Pat was put in there instead of Shea. I didn't necessarily agree with it, but Pat was probably you know pound for pound a better player than Shea. And even to close some of our, you know, end of season games, Shea was, I mean, Pat was out there with Shamit and those were our guards. So God, I can't, I hate talking about Shea in the past tense, but uh, I mean, that's the one bummer from this deal. I don't even care about all the picks we gave. I just wish we could have kept Shea, but I guess you gotta, you gotta give up something. But I mean, I also agree. I think Lou is, is still somebody who you could probably play down the stretch, but man, it's crazy that we have Lou. And we have Trez, and we have uh, we have so many pieces around these two. It's it's really great. I'm really I'm Here's really. Here's my great. question. Yeah, my question is, quote unquote, whose team is this? Because this happened with the Heat. This happened with Kawhi's. a bunch of super teams. <laughs> uh, you're saying Kawhi, but like you know, there's ten seconds left. Clippers down one. Who's getting the ball? This is like always a thing that comes up for teams. Like. Does that does that matter? Is there you're just giving the ball to Kawhi? You're not giving it, you know, to Paul George or Lou or whoever it is. Yeah. What do you guys think about this? We start with you, Lucas. Yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm arranging our next guest, and I missed oh, the no, question. No. I, I, so it's the idea of whose team is it? I mean, I think a big reason Paul George was comfortable it's being Kawhi's team. It's Kawhi's team. And and I think a big reason that Paul George was comfortable in OKC and signing that deal in OKC was because Westbrook took a lot of the the, the pressure off of him, just being Russell Westbrook. So while I, I think that, you know, I thought OKC was much better with uh, Paul George getting the ball down the stretch, that's because Russell Westbrook became kind of anemic to being an offensive threat uh, last season in OKC, you know, with flashes aside from just being – the old Westbrook. I think ultimately it still feels like Kawhi's team. And I think Paul George wouldn't be completely averse to that idea considering his, his, uh, his Batman is Kawhi. We'll see. Right. You never know. Maybe Paul George. Would think... Think... Go ahead. You know, Ka- Kawhi, Kawhi called Paul George and said, yeah. I'm here. You know I mean? Like, like it's not just that the Clippers got this is crazy. guys. <laughs> Yeah. Kawhi, like, like obviously the, the Clippers front office has done a lot of work to position themselves for Kawhi, to position themselves asset-wise to be able to make this Paul George trade when the opportunity came up. But Kawhi is the guy who made the phone call to put this team together. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. it's the way that, that that went down first with him trying to call Durant, but um, you know Durant had already kind of committed to Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. But then with, you know, now with this, like, Kawhi was the driving force in bringing Paul George here. It's Kawhi's team. This is Kawhi's project that Paul George signed on to. Rob. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's Kawhi's team. It's um, Kawhi's team, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think there will certainly be games. I think it's Pat Beverly's team. <laughs> He's still the heart. Oh, yeah. There will be games where uh, – where, uh, you know, Paul George is feeling it or even Lewis feeling it, and those guys will be the guys getting the ball down the stretch. But, yeah, Kawhi brought this together. I'd say as good as Paul George is, I think Kawhi's playoff run proved he's kind of still, you know, a half tier above George maybe. And I think he's – I mean, he's also a little younger than George. Um, 
you know, it's really, it's his, he's the one who orchestrated this. He's the one who brought it all together. Uh, he's finals MVP two times, which is incredibly impressive. And uh, it's, it's his team. And honestly, I think George doesn't seem to be like the kind of superstar who would really care about that. Um, you know, maybe he is, but I, I'm from everything that seems like he seemed perfectly fine letting Westbrook take the spotlight in OKC. Uh, and, you know, that was different because he joined Westbrook there and that was already Westbrook's team. But uh, I think he'd be fine letting Kawhi kind of have have the Clippers as his team. All right, Lewis, we're going we're gonna to bring another person on, but I want to give you a chance to kind of give your departing thoughts on this momentous Clipper day. Um, anything else you want to tell everybody listening or just talk about in general this crazy, crazy deal? Well, I initially called Flom when this deal first came down, and I was like, you know, this isn't once every few years. This isn't once in a generation. This is once. I mean, there was the Clippers before this, and there's the Clippers after this. This is, like, different, substantially different from winning the lottery for Blake. It's different from the Chris Paul trade. This is – there's the Clippers before this and the Clippers after this. So the Clippers right now, they're in the position to become something completely different from the franchise that we've known for the last 10, 15 years uh, or however long you've been a fan. it's just different. The expectations are different. Um, I mean, if you're media, the atmosphere around the team is going to be different. Uh, just the whole thing is different. And uh, I, if you're a fan listening to this podcast, uh, let's, let's stay Clipper fans. Like, let's not turn into Laker fans. Uh, we're having our night tonight for sure. And it's on site with the Lakers always, but let's, you know, stay the same. Let's, I, I always like that Clipper fans were reasonable and self-deprecating and fun. Like, let's stay that way. And um, if you're into the Clippers, if you're into the NBA and you like uh, people writing about the NBA, follow me at this Lewis on Twitter and uh, L-O-U-I-S. And uh, I'm raising a glass to everybody tonight because we've been through a lot as fans. We've been through some bad years, some bad games for sure and uh it's good to spend tonight together and and enjoy this one i think with every, on the pod. i think with every guest you have a drink in your hand lewis by any chance uh i do i have a pilsner or kel all right everybody <laughs> everybody, a, everybody got their drinks everybody yeah. cheers yeah. all right cheers cheers cheers, cheers lewis. thanks for coming on take care bye thanks for coming on man all right so that's lewis we're gonna have another guest on in a second uh, I mean, so Lucas, let me ask you, um, conditional in this trade, is a Chris Broussard firing also mandatory? <laughs> I, I mean, you're going to have to check with Fox Sports on that one, you know. He's just been wrong <laughs> about so idiot. much. Yeah. And, yeah, no, I mean, Chris Broussard is a, is a particularly awful human. Um, he is. Separate from Not being a, a particularly person. awful He's a bad person as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a, he's a bad person and a bad journalist. He's not a bad person because he says incorrect things about the Clippers. He's a bad person and he says incorrect things about the Clippers. Um, and, you know, I, I would say I, I'm glad to see him get his comeuppance, but he's not going to get his comeuppance. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a little bit about Broussard earlier this week, and the dude is professionally incorrect. Like, it's what he does for a living. He is known 
for being wrong all the time. So it would really like be more surprising if he had been correct. You know, Fox Sports is getting what they're paying for, right? With with the guys who get fired from ESPN, basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, that guy's a joke, man. That guy is really a joke. He's bad. I mean, I think we were all in unison when all of this Crucifer Sard stuff came out. I mean, nobody thought that Kawhi was for sure coming, obviously. Your Kawhi meter uh, fluctuated from 95 to 35, I believe, up and down, uh, which was fairly accurate for the most part. I mean, It was a roller coaster. It was, it was a roller coaster, for sure. It was, definitely, it was definitely a stressful time, and we're used to not kind of getting guys. But Broussard said very early on the Clippers were out. There were a handful of guys that said the Clippers were out. Lakers, Insiders were saying the Clippers were out. Jalen Rose said the Clippers were out. Oh, my gosh. The only guy who, like, pretty consistently – actually, there were, there were a couple of real – well-plugged people in the, you know, that were that are reasonable wind horse for Mona Shelburne never said the Clippers were out, but Woj was constantly saying, you know, the Clippers are in this and he got slandered. I hope every Laker fan that called Woj full of, full of shit just shuts up and doesn't post on Twitter for like a year. Cause Woj got so much flack for talking about how, we were looking for a second star, how the Clippers were still in. The Clippers were the team that Kawhi wanted. Well, guess what? Woj was right. Of course he was. He's the most connected guy in the business. So Chris Moussard, on top of being a shitty person, you can go on and give your sources, whatever. This is just another of the many reasons why we don't trust you. So thank you very much. Rob, anything about Chris Moussard? Do you actually like Chris Moussard? No, of course not. Nobody likes Chris Broussard. <laughs> uh, what a question. I mean, I'm sure Chris Broussard's family might like Chris Broussard. But no, I mean, he's not a good reporter. He's not a good journalist. He's just not good at his profession. It's unfortunate he has a platform he does. Um, and I will say this, the guy who's been calling this pretty consistently, um, and not just saying the Clippers aren't out, but saying the Clippers were going to get him, is David Pingalore. I think that's how you're pronouncing it, of KTLA. And... <laughs> I'm wondering if he just doubled down on a hunch or if he had legit sources and what those sources were. My guess, uh, which I would not know how he would have this, but my guess is he knew somebody in PG's camp. And um, I don't know why that wouldn't have leaked anywhere else, um, but I, I can't think of what else it would be because he somehow had this, if, you know, if we are to believe him and it looks like we should, um, then I, I don't know where he got it from, but props to that dude as well. Uh, because he has been saying for like at least five days, like sources and saying it like three times every day uh, that Kawhi is still going to the Clippers. Um, you know, I think, like you said, most of the major people had the Clippers in it. Certainly, I don't think anybody had them as a front runner, not for like a week or so. Uh, but nobody important actually said they were out of it. And yeah, that's a shot to every single Lakers faux media person and reporter and hack on Twitter. Uh, you all know who you are and you should be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty embarrassing. Um, but it's okay. I don't want to make, I, go ahead. Yeah. I have a, I have a question, Rob. I want to know what you think about timelines, right? So we talk about, you know, these guys, the Clippers just got, it, it's easy to think immediately, right? That the championship window is open but, and, and it is, that's true. But so you have Paul George. Paul George turned 29 in May. Kawhi just turned 28. 
George has two years left on his contract and then a player option. Kawhi just signed a, a four-year deal with the Clippers. We don't know if there's a player option for the last year of that yet or not. Where, like, and the Clippers, you know, the Clippers traded unprotected draft picks like seven years out. Well, how does this timeline work? And let's say, let's say these guys stay. How long do you think a Kawhi Leonard, Paul George team is a contender? Like how many, how many rings are we talking, Robert? <laughs> not one. Not, uh, <laughs> not two. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say three to four probably, right? Um, you know, these are big wings. Uh, you know, one of their major advantages is that they can just shoot over people. And that's not going away anytime soon. You know, I think the defense will certainly slip. I think for Kawhi, it already has slipped a little bit. Um, and, yeah, it's just uh, – it's tough. I mean, I think as good as those guys are, the Clippers will still need contrib- contributions from the edges. And I think we saw that this year with the Raptors. Like, if they don't get Fred Van Vliet going absolutely bananas uh, for – however long he went bananas for like eight, nine games. Like, I don't know if they beat the Bucks in that series without him. And, you know, they're going to need a couple games from Landry Shamit in the playoffs. They're, they might need an Ivica Zubats game as scary as that is, you know, the edges matter and especially matter with guys who are, you know, fairly injury prone in Paul George and, or have, you know, this injury they need constantly treated and looked at in Kawhi Leonard. So I do think the window will be open for a few years you know, hoping that those two guys stay fairly healthy and don't suffer any major injuries. I think a lot will depend on the, the few young guys the Clippers have left. I mean, if Landry Shamit becomes a really, really good shooting guard, you know, maybe not a superstar, but just like, you know, J.J. Redick plus, that helps a lot. Uh, you know, if they keep Ivica Zubats and he becomes, you know, a very competent starting center, that helps. Jerome Robinson, if he becomes a good – like all these things matter in extending the prime. And that's why even though they had to give up their best young player in Shea Gilgis Alexander, them keeping the other young guys is super, uh, super crucial for their future because they will need those cheap roster spots uh, for the next few years. Yep. A, a little bit of breaking news here. The Los Angeles Lakers have just signed JaVale McGee to a two year, $8 million deal. So, you know, I, I mean, I think the Clippers probably just went from championship favorites to, you know, runner, runners up, which is fair, you know. Um, I, I don't know how they can compete. What, like, what could the Clippers possibly be doing? You know, what, what roster additions could be made after midnight Eastern on July 6th that could possibly compare to giving JaVale McGee a two-year $8 million deal? It's, I, I can't think of it. DeMarcus Cousins is not going to be a Los Angeles Clipper. Oh yeah. Well, we don't know. We don't know. No, please yet. don't come to Marcus. I'm not so into that. Um, but maybe he will. I don't know. Maybe he's just gonna be the minimum player now. But uh I'm hoping he's not. And if he is, then you could just re- reference this and embarrass me. It's fine. We have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um man, I mean, I'm just so hyped. I don't even know I don't even know what else to say. So I think it's a tentative plan. Bring back Zubat. Bring back Jermichael, if we can. Yeah. And what else do we – I mean, we have a ton of players already on our roster. So what else do we really need to do? Lucas. Uh, I'm, I mean, I think, I think the Clippers could use a point guard. Yes. You've got Patrick Beverly. 
Patrick Beverly is kind of a point guard by default because he defends point guards and his size, but he's not a floor general. Uh, not that you necessarily need that with Kawhi and Paul George, right? Um, and then the backup point guard now really becomes Lou Williams. Right. Who, again, Lou, Will, you know, Lou Williams can have the ball in his hands for the 20 min, you know, 16 to 20 minutes of the game that Beverly isn't playing, and your offense will be fine. But again, not a floor general. And so I think the Clippers could use a guy. Um, you know, I, it's lazy to, to talk about retreads, but like a guy like Raymond Felton, you know, to come in and not necessarily be a rotation guy, but just be there, be a steady hand, mm-hmm. be a guy that, you know, let's say, let's say the Clippers second unit really is struggling. Well, maybe instead of playing like a Lou Shamit McGruder unit, you switch to like a Felton Lou Shamit unit, right? Just so that you have that steady hand veteran. Then, I mean, the other thing to consider is the Clippers don't really have a third string point guard right now, as is. You know, Tyrone Wallace is technically on the roster. Jerome Robinson, we think, might be a point guard at some point in his career. But um, we just don't have – we don't have guys who I trust have proven that they can play point guard, if that makes sense. No, I – It would be nice for me to have another guy who – um, I like who I really trust at that position and you know Lou like I trust Lou on the floor anywhere but he's not a point guard really can Beverly I jump is the in? only can... point guard on the Clippers roster yeah well, we, we, we probably will see more of Jerome Robinson running, running point because didn't actually Pat allude to uh, towards the end of the season he Pat yeah. alluded to uh uh, Robinson, ladies and gentlemen, gonna, one second, one second before, 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 ladies and gentlemen from uh, Clipcast fame, it's Mike Jaglin, the Jaguar. The Jaguar. What it do, oh. baby? What's up, Mike? What it do, baby? Oh, man. I mean, you the greatest us, day. Mike. This is how it works. The, we need the a year back. Day. The greatest what day. What it do, baby? Mike, say it. What it what do, please. Team, baby? What's <laughs> up, Mike? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, greatest day Clipper history by far. I mean, I don't, I, I don't think you can you can put any day close to this. Uh, one, the biggest signing, and then uh, you know, outside of you know the CP trade, which this is more impactful because when you're trading for a CP, then you're getting a guy in his prime, uh, but you don't know what you're getting with. Blake and DJ as they're rising up, you know, here, you know, you're getting the two time and reigning, you know, NBA finals MVP and, and chick kicker and Kawhi Leonard. And for, for most of the season, we, we, we could argue Paul George was a top three player. Um, yeah. the, the, the best two way wings in the league. I mean, right? he finished third, third in MVP voting. So yeah, I think yeah. For the, that's a totally fair argument. It, and for and what for he, he was he was nominated for defensive player of the year and he was also on the defensive team. So you you look at those two guys with Dev in the starting lineup. I, I, these these teams are going to have to work. I mean, work. Now, what's the, what's the deal? With, are, are we are we thinking that both Leonard and George will basically be the three four? 
Is that what everyone's kind of going I think with right, right now? I think right now, and Lucas has kind of also talked about this a bit, is we're thinking that George and Kawhi are going to be the two, three. I think the idea of putting Kawhi or George at the four is probably – especially considering both of their injury histories and the fact that they're both probably going to be pro load management. I think we will start them both at the two and the three, possibly to end some games at the three and the four and probably more so in the playoffs. But I don't think either of them could probably handle a high load at that four spot, just taking on whatever bangers can be down low. Even though the NBA is moving towards you know more of a primer game, there are still going to be some bigger guys at the four spot that we don't want to injure either of these dudes. Particularly now, are we now? Uh, so, so sorry, sorry to interrupt, guys. Sorry to interrupt. A yeah, uh, Woj bomb mid podcast. The Clippers are waving guard Tyrone Wallace. Oh no. Okay. Uh, uh, so, so let's you know, let's all drink to Tyrone Wallace. Everybody yeah, shot. A great shot. year with the Clippers a couple years ago. Mike, do you have a drink I'm in your hands? Shot. No, I Mike. Don't. What are you drinking no, tonight? No. Mike, get no, a drink, no, Mike. Mike. <laughs> Nothing tonight. I'm not. Uh, tomorrow will be my my, my uh, celebratory uh, cocktails for. For this, I mean, I'm literally about to go to sleep, and this just uh, tur- turns it all turns it all around, turns it all around. But it, getting back to the four, then what do we look at? <laughs> we start Trez, or we sign Greenback? Correct. I mean, I well, think you got Mo Harkless, ahead, right, Mike? Like, yeah. you, Mo, Mo Harkless has been the starting four for Portland. For wait, you know, wait, really, mean, really, and really, those have been some good Portland teams. Really quick though, is, is yeah. Rob is Rob there? Rob, no, yeah. I think I don't think we have Rob right. Oh, no, Rob, he's, he's there. Rob, really quick, really quick drink to Taiwas. I know you need I'll a drink. drink. Bro. I will never sell my property on Taiwas. Really quick drink. I'm having a quick drink for Taiwas. I love that guy. We were both repping him hard, and you especially. I'm gonna miss you, Ty. So, I, I really you hope know, you know. I am, I am most terrified of the Lakers signing Ty Wallace and him oh, actually please. being good for them next oh. year. Okay, no more, you know what, no more bad energy. Why, why, why am I bringing bad energy to the <laughs> We're podcast? We're Clipper fans. Good, we good have to do it. Only. Okay. I mean, all right, Mike, all right, Mike, Mike, you know what I, what I said earlier? Tell me if you agree with this. The Clippers, who have needed a small forward since Corey Maggette, just got the two best small forwards in franchise history within five minutes of each other. Agree or disagree? Yeah. Agree. Yeah, I mean, like, like can, this is just so – it's so weird for me as someone who not just like, you know, grew up a Clippers fan, has been a Clippers fan for a long time, has been so closely connected to the Clippers covering the team for what is in a couple months going to be eight years, which is unreal to even think about. And this is the time and time again, the Clippers have always done the most Clipper thing possible, right? They blow the big lead. They lose the big star. They make the dumb trade. And this, Today, like tonight, this is the least Clipper thing the Clippers have ever done. Like, Mike, Mike, you've been along, you've been around even longer than I have. Like, yeah. How how different is this from the Clippers that we know? Like, this is just this is so. Well, I I don't even know. I don't have words. Give me the words. Well, it's it's it 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 basically finally for the first time I think as a Clipper fan even though we've had this front office and we've been building this team, we can actually like breathe and have confidence, like confidence knowing that like you have, when we had Blake and Chris, they were two top 10 players, but they didn't 
always fit. Uh, you have two killers now, <laughs> two guys that can knock down shots and tear teams apart at any moment. Uh, to know that we were so close of having a giant, giant Clipper-esque offseason. Like, if this move, Paul George move doesn't happen, there's a chance he's probably going back to Toronto, right? Isn't that what it kind of seemed like uh, yeah. over the uh, over the Lakers? Yeah. So for for us and Lucas, we talked about this a couple of days ago. We're like, okay, who's realistic? And Beal and Love came to mind. And knowing that you know, you know, Paul George goes to uh, hit the front office, goes to Presti, and by the way. Relationships matter. We're trusty. Even though we gave up a lot of picks, we were able to get that done probably based off that relationship. Yeah, Yeah. that's something that that I haven't seen brought up anywhere yet is, you know, we talk about the Clippers having a good front office, but it's worth really saying, like, the Clippers have guys – who are number four and number five in their front office who are turning down jobs with other teams to stay here because they knew that this moment was coming. Like they yeah. knew that, that the, the Los Angeles Clipper project that they took under Jerry West, under Lawrence Frank, they knew that it wasn't done just because we won 48 games and made the playoffs and positioned ourselves well for the future. Like the project from the front office's perspective is probably about 90% done now after they made these moves. Now it's just, you know, maybe a fringe trade at the deadline, et cetera. So now maybe, maybe we start to see guys move on, but this week, the work that the front office had to do this week to convince Kawhi Leonard to leave the defending champions to come and sign with the Clippers to get Kawhi Leonard so sold on the Clippers that he was placing personal phone calls to other All-NBA players, first Kevin Durant and then Paul George, and who knows who else may have been on the list that we haven't heard about, to convince well, he them to Paul come to the Clippers. He met with Paul I, George he, a couple days I, ago. I mean, it's just unreal. The Can you imagine anyone wanting to be a Clipper so bad that they call Paul George, and then Paul George wants to be a Clipper so bad that he forces the Thunder to trade him to the Clippers? Like, no one has ever wanted to be a Clipper as badly as these two guys wanted to be a Clipper this week. No, and ironically, Paul George should have been a Clipper when he was drafted. It was a mean who. Oh, my God. Good vibes only, Mike. But, but, but again, Paul George grows up in Palmdale, grows up a Clipper fan. You yeah. Know, you, you, have, you, you have Kawhi. You know, um, he, he noticed, you know, this recruit over the year, the scouts. You know, the, uh, you know, Doc recently gets this $50,000 fine calling him Jordan. Uh, all of this stuff was out there. So for the Clippers to come up empty, it would have been typical Clippers. And I had, and, and I don't want to be like, you know, conspiracy theorists in my head, but I was like, if they don't get Kawhi and Kawhi goes to the Lakers, like Balmer could theoretically look in the mirror and be like, maybe maybe this city isn't right for this team. And maybe we do look at possibly going to Seattle. 
it, and I'm not saying that that would have happened, but it, it makes him have a conversation of, I, I, I at least I don't have to deal with these assholes that basically just fall off a bar stool into Anthony Davis, and then they almost end up getting, you know, Kawhi. So what they did, they, they built the franchise long-term uh, over the last two years, but what they did tonight was a moment that now everyone's like, fuck. I mean, the Lakers can't guard these two. The Lakers don't have guys that can guard these no, two. There's no, you know who could guard Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. That's the yeah. only wing duo in the league that could guard yeah. this wing duo. All right, Mike, we're, I, know it's, I know it's late. We're going to let you go. But first, Game 7, NBA Finals next year, fourth quarter, down the stretch, who are you closing the game with? What's your five-man unit to close the biggest game in franchise history? Um, okay, at this point, and again – this is what I'm, I'm thinking in my, in my mind. Uh, I would do – God, this is a really tough question. It's going to be Kawhi. Well, let's, let's, assume, let's assume that Zubats and Jermichael Green both also resign, right? So you got those guys as, as options. Okay, Trez, uh, Leonard, I mean Kawhi, mm-hmm. uh, and PG. And then mm-hmm. I'm going to go uh, – it's got to be Lou – and it's got to be, I know, I, 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 pending defense for offense, either Sham or, or Beth. Um, but I, I think Sham's, I think Sham is going to have a, a, a giant year with this. I'm going to be out there with Sham. Oh, and he's going to get, he's going to get other uh, playing with the USCA teams, you know, getting those reps. So, I mean, there, and I do feel like Jerome Robinson's going to take a bigger jump. I mean, I, I, this team is just – and having Magruder, having Harkless, um, it's it's phenomenal. It really, you know, really is. I, you know, we, we, we all – we all kind of tease – sorry to cut you off, uh, Jag. We all kind of tease uh, Jerome Robinson. We did – I know me and Rob did all throughout this pod, but this is his chance. If we, if we don't sign another legit point guard, and, and like you kind of mentioned when you first came in, the idea is that Jerome is kind of a poor man's Lou. And, and we kind of we kind of scoffed at that idea because Lou is so amazing. But Jerome is shown – He's a better pure shooter. He's a right. better pure shooter than Lou. And and I think that's that that's why like especially in the second unit those two can feed off so well with each other um, because they're they're not traditional point guards they're they're going to score first but you know one can break you down a little bit more than he does and then Jerome is more of a shooter and 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 a slasher um, so I, you know I, I I'm a big after what we saw in the playoffs with Jerome. Uh, that that was a big boost of confidence heading into summer league uh, and uh, this off season. Absolutely, we're going to be I, rooting for his progress mm-hmm. for sure. Go ahead, Lucas. My, Mike, can we get one more "What It Do, Baby" from you before we go? <laughs> uh-huh. So, what am I saying? I'm saying what? What, a, <laughs> what it what do, it, baby? What it do it's the, baby? It's what Kawhi's been saying on Twitter. It's Kawhi. Kawhi. Yeah, it's Kawhi. What? A, what a two, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's good. That's good. Thanks, right. Mike. Okay. Mike Jaglin, right. the Jaguar Clipcast at LA Clipcast on Twitter. Thank you, Mike, so much for joining yeah, us. Thank you, guys. Uh, you guys were <laughs> Greatest night in Clipper history.
yeah. keep on the earthquakes. <laughs> Thanks, <The> earthquakes. Jag. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was Jag. Uh, listen to Clipcast, another quality podcast. Listen to all the Clipper podcasts: uh, Locked On Clips, Clipcast, uh, Yovan Buha's podcast, uh, Clip City, Chip City. Um, there's a bunch of good Clipper podcasts, and I'm assuming there's going to be more of them now. So you're probably going to have a good share of Clipper coverage. Um, Ty Wallace, man. Rob, did you want to say anything more about Ty Wallace? Uh, probably not. It's, you know, it's all happy news. It's all good news today. It's all happy news. I, I'm going to miss Ty. He would have had a nice opportunity on this team. It's, it's kind of a bummer. Would have been, uh, would have been nice. Ball handler, a good defender. Um, good, good guy off the ball too. Makes good, smart cuts. It, it, we would have been, I can only imagine a little bit of him you know, staggered with maybe Kawhi coming with the second unit or George would have been a, would have been a nice, nice kind of guy to have, but it's okay. It's, it's all right. It's, it's kind of inevitable. We'd lose some of our guys and really Ty wasn't getting the minutes he was supposed to get anyways. So definitely going to miss Ty a bit. Oh man. Um, we're going to have some more people on the pod as we kind of go along. Uh, Lucas, how are you feeling right now, man? Uh, you know, I've had like maybe five shots while we've been recording so far. I need to get another uh, drink because I'm I'm running low. Yeah, uh, go get another. You know what, Rob yeah. and I can carry it. Rob, yeah, go, go. You, you guys go your fridge, okay? You guys go for a sec. I'll be right back. <laughs> All right, Rob. Rob, I have a question for you. Some, you know, it's, this may be a minor question considering the big things that we're talking about tonight. But the Clippers right now, you've got Montrezl Harrell, the best backup center in the NBA, right? But still a backup center. Zoo, right now, Zubot is, you know, that kind of placeholder starter in front of him. And something that I've been wondering for the last couple of months, even before we have this crazy Paul George, Kawhi scenario unfolding in front of us tonight, is if the Clippers were to land a guy like Kawhi, which we now know that they have done, is Zubot... Like, is, is he really the guy that you want as that placeholder starter center when you are trying to win a championship this year? Like, if the Clippers struck out, I would be totally cool with rolling with Zubat, letting him develop. But, like, mm-hmm. I, you know, the market is thin. I know the market is thin. But do you think that maybe the Clippers go make a play for, like, a veteran guy who might be just a little bit more dependable, someone Doc might trust a little bit more to play those kind of stopgap starter minutes in front of Trez? I think so, but I just don't know if that guy is available right now in free agency. Um, you know, we laughed about the JaVale McGee thing, but JaVale McGee is honestly uh, one of the better, probably, centers available in free agency right now. So, you know, there's DeMarcus Cousins, but as good as he is, um, and I still do think he's good, um, you know, even after the injury and whatnot, He's really not the kind of guy the Clippers need. Yeah, I agree. Um, they need a defender. His passing would actually help a lot on offense because as good as Kawhi and PG are, neither of them is really great passers or playmakers. Cousins would help there. I'm, I'm going to throw, throw one name out, Rob. Joachim Noah. Ooh. I mean... You, you think Joachim Noah for the men is like a more trustworthy 18 minutes a night guy than Zubats next year? For the regular season, probably not in the playoffs, maybe, which sounds really weird. Well, and Zubats, I, like, I want Zubats to get those regular season minutes. You know what I mean? I want him to develop, but, like, 
having a guy like Yoki Noah just as another weapon for Doc to turn to, a more dependable guy, like, I think, I feel like that would be a really good move for the Clippers to give Doc that extra option. It would be a pure Doc move, too, if we got Yoki Noah. <laughs> we would get, we would, uh, we would hear uh, some ESPN insiders kind of talking about Yoki Noah coming back to the Clippers. When did he have a good game against the Celtics? But Noah looked competent last year, surprisingly, including a game against us. Yeah, but we have some more important news. Uh, the most important news of the night, maybe not the most important news, but uh, <laughs> another special guest. Uh, we, have, we have another guest. Uh, yeah. you, you might recognize him from the Law of the Jam, the podcast fame. He was, uh, he was featured prominently um, a couple of years ago, actually, on the Chris Paul recaps, and he's a, he's a contributor on Clips, on Clips Nation. We have Aditya on, on the line. Aditya, what's up? What it do, baby? Going, guys. Right you have to say what it do, baby, or it doesn't you, count. You have to say what it do, baby. What it do, baby. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Amazing. That was really good. That was, that was that's wow, good. that was spot on. I've been told I do a pretty good impression of his, uh, what do you call it, media day laugh as well. Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. I did that. What do you think about the Clippers? Are they good? Man, wow. Still, still processing, man. Yeah. How long have you guys been doing this for now? This podcast. A long uh, just, time. just um, been, yeah. About an hour, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know what's happening. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean we we just got we just got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like, people will listen. Like, we can do five hours. People will listen. <laughs> yeah. I I would listen. Just like how much I was trying to get a sense, like how much, how many of all the angles have you guys discussed so far, but. Not really many angles, probably. We, we haven't want, really gone into much subtlety. We We're brought, waiting for you. We brought you on because we want your take. All right, we want your take. Tell us what you think about. Tell us what you think. What What are you feeling as a Clippers supporter in this moment, like this turning point in franchise history? Describe Describe how tonight feels to you. Like, how did you find out about the news, and what What happened in your head as you were reading through Twitter? Yeah, where were you when uh, Kawhi came to the Clippers? All right. I've been on my couch the last few hours. You know, I've been uh, <laughs> on call for work. So, although I haven't really gotten page nights, so I just had my work laptop open, so I'm on Skype, and just scrolling the timeline. It was like, I didn't believe it first. Like, wait, this, I saw the Haynes tweet. I was, I mean, it took me a, like a minute to register. It's like, wait, Kawhi? Clippers, it's like two in the morning in the East Coast, what's going on? And I was like, holy shit, like everyone's quoting this, like this is actually happening. Um, honestly, as from a Clippers perspective, I don't think this is still fully set in for me. Like I am still very much just enjoying this purely for the Lakers gone Freud more than anything. <laughs> the thun- I mean, a little bit of the Thunder uh, as well, even though they got all those picks. I mean, I think I might finally be ready to come to peace with Game five from 2014 now. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, I think as pathetic as it is, it's so Clippers fans that, like, one of the most exciting things about this is that they beat up the Lakers and that the Lakers look like idiots and that Lakers, like, fans and reporters look like idiots. I mean, that's – for a lot of Clippers fans, that might honestly be better than the actual moves that they made, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still pretty speechless. And the Lakers have been making panic moves already, and who knows who they 
sign uh, with the rest of their money. But I mean, it's just super exciting. This is, I already kind of mentioned it before, but this is really a watershed moment. There was part of me that was worried that if we didn't get Kawhi, who were we going to get? Kawhi again later? Like, was he going to be the next option for us to look? Like, maybe two years later, we could maybe go for Kawhi again? Kawhi is the Clipper for the longest time. He seems like he wanted to be a Clipper. He didn't seem like he cared about the fame. He's been quoted saying that he was an Allen Iverson fan first. He wasn't a Laker fan. Though, you know, there's some conflicting reports that in an earlier Spurs video he mentioned growing up watching the Lakers, but he's he hasn't been really riding home on the fact that he grew up a Laker fan. He didn't seem like he was about all the hype about the Lakers. So this really just felt like such a watershed moment. And getting George on top of it, who said that he's a Clipper fan, and two L.A. natives coming back to L.A. to be Clippers, it's just there's so much hype behind it. And it's just it's super exciting. Aditya, I mean – I mean, I can't believe Doc Rivers keeps signing these guys who played well against the Clippers. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. What, what, what was hey, the Paul George you know this, means, this means that Terrence Mann isn't going to get any minutes. Doc never plays his rookies. <laughs> never plays his rookies. Oh, man. Rob, like, what – has this moment kind of settled, settled in for you a little bit? A little bit. I mean, I think, you know, it, it's real. It's happening. Uh the Clippers have two of the – I don't know if Paul George is a top five NBA player. Definitely two of the top ten players in the NBA in their absolute primes uh, who are both coming off incredible seasons. They will probably be favorites to win the NBA title tomorrow. <laughs> oh, uh, my God. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is pretty crazy. I'm not sure if that's really justified. I legit think that they have moves to make. Um, you know, we've already discussed, Lucas and I, the fact that Zubats is not really a reliable starting center uh, for the type of quality games that we just saw from these playoffs where, you know, from the second round on, basically, it was really high-level basketball, the Warriors, Blazers dropping aside. And I just don't know if Zubats is ready for that kind of stuff. And Montrezl Harrell is not big enough uh, to sustain huge minutes at center, and he's not good enough to defensively. They need some kind of veteran center. Uh, I completely agree. They also need probably some veteran ball handler slash point guard type, um, you know, who can help make, make plays for others. So I think there's still moves to be made. It would not surprise me if Cinderius Thornwell also got waived just to create a roster spot, if nothing else. Another, um, another guy that I will miss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess Terrence Mann will probably be on a two-way contract. Uh, so he also does not take up a full roster spot. Uh, There are definitely moves to make, but, I mean, the Clippers are going to be incredible. Uh, You know, writing about them will hopefully be fun. Uh, You know, I do think, you know, if if the Clippers, you know, for whatever reason, (laughs) if if they're lucky enough to win the NBA championship, I do wonder, you know, how it will feel for, you know, Clippers fans who they basically just brought in these two guys and, you know, it's not homegrown dudes. Uh, It's not even guys like Pat Beverly or – Lou Williams or whatever, who've already really connected with Clippers fans, these underdog vibes, and they're going to be winning with superstars. And, you know, it'll feel weird. It'll feel different, but it'll feel good. I mean, I think Chris Paul at his prime was probably as good as Kawhi and PG are now, maybe less effective in the playoffs just due to height. Um, But, yeah, this is the best, most talented Clippers team that has ever existed. And, yeah, that's it's pretty wild. 
Aditya, yeah. I, I think I think I'll ask everybody this question: Are is Paul George and Kawhi Leonard a better duo than LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Ooh. Um, actually, I mean, I would say in the regular season, definitely at this point, even with you know Kawhi uh, load management, all that. I think uh, playoffs. I'm still not sure, just because I feel like you know LeBron has had um, off season, actual off season for the first time in like a decade and he's coming off this year you have to wonder like I, I think he will come back rejuvenated next year but it's close the Clippers definitely have the better team overall though and like to add on like what Rob was saying earlier they do definitely still have some like clear weak, uh, weaknesses and you know things that you can't necessarily count on like say a lot of they uh, they are relying on several veterans you know you have to hope that there's not slippage from them, like even Lou and Beverly. And, you know, you might not necessarily get the growth that jerks this year out of guys like Shamit and Montrez. But at the end of the day, they're still a very good team, even though I wouldn't say they're like head and shoulders favorites or even possibly even the overall favorite. But it's very def- definitely excited about their chances this year. Yeah, super exciting. I think Rob and Lucas have already have you guys both kind of said that you think that these two are better than Anthony Davis? And I feel like we've already talked about this. Rob? Yeah, I think so. I'd yeah. say so. Yeah, I mean, I think LeBron kind of proved last year that even in playoff mode, his defense really wasn't very good. Um, I do think Kawhi slipped on that end this year, whether because uh, he just wasn't trying as hard to conserve or whether just because he's lost, you know, a half step laterally. Uh, but he's still at least a pretty good defender. And the Bucks series, he was a great defender. And Paul George is a phenomenal defender. LeBron is a pretty bad one at this stage. Uh, he's awful when he doesn't try. And even when he does try, he's just, you know, okay. Um, and honestly, I'm going to drop a hot take like an hour and 20 minutes into this podcast, which is I think Anthony Davis is overrated. Um, I think Smoke. I, I, thought, I think a lot of his New Orleans teams have had more talent uh, than they've been given credit for. And that he's, you know, he's obviously a great player. Uh, but I do think to some extent he's more of a numbers guy than an impact guy. Uh, advanced stats would tell me I'm wrong, but whatever. Um, I'm just going to throw that out there. Nobody will probably hear this anyway, so whatever. <laughs> I, I mean, I've, no, I, I've been saying that like – Rob, people are going to listen to us cold. now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> With, yeah, Sorry, the stakes are higher, Rob. Man, yeah, people, gotta... people are listening no, I, now. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but I, I've been – I've been saying this all along through this, you know, like whenever I'm asked, should the Clippers trade Shea if Anthony Davis becomes available? I'm like, Anthony Davis is, is good, but like, he's not. I would consider him a clear tier below LeBron, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. And I think that honestly, if, if you had to rank those four guys, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, one through four, the two Clippers are number one and number two, and the two Lakers are number three and number four. Like, I, to me, I, I don't think it's – I don't know. You know, maybe LeBron gets to the playoffs and he goes into LeBron mode again, right? But for, for what we know right now, the Clippers have the two better stars and the two better depth, the, the better depth behind them. Um, I, I mean, I just think it's, it's unreal that, that this team has been put together the way that it has. Unbelievable. It's it's still kind of I can't wait to read all the Clipper content this weekend. I'm off this weekend, thank God. Aditya, um 
what are your what just just what 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 in the world is it yeah this team and it's yeah um <laughs> sorry that's <laughs> not a great lead oh, all right all right all right addy do you think that i should go to get my championship ring fitted right now as soon as we finish recording the pod or should i wait until tomorrow morning say um wait till they hopefully change the logo i'm, I'm still holding on to that. <laughs> they do something oh man all right if, if if you were steve ballmer right now how much would you pay ralph lawler to come back for one more oh year? my gosh come back ralph how, like, like what, like how, how hard would you go after Ralph Lawler for one more year? Like one, like I want Ralph to wear the ring. Like I, I want it so bad. I want it more for him than I want it for myself. Like I want Ralph to have that ring. <laughs> I did that. How much would you pay Ralph? <laughs> Are you still stunned? I'd say give him the four year max. <laughs> Aditya, is there anything you want to say to Clipper fans before we, we might let you go uh, about this about this team, about this move, about this kind of just momentous occasion that I don't think anybody really truly felt was going to happen quite like this? Anything you want to tell all your adoring fans? <laughs> yeah, the one thing that's in my mind right now, even though I know we're looking at towards the present, especially looking at the present and towards the future, but like looking back on the past and, you know, I know Lucas may not necessarily agree with all this, but uh, praising Chris Paul and stuff, but you know, none of this, this is like all um, only possible in part because of what was previously accomplished. Like, you know, honestly it starts with drafting Blake and all, and I guess having a lot of the other big one, but none of all these other things that came from that would have been possible. Otherwise, you know, getting Chris Paul becoming, New team being able to track Doc Rivers you know, for all spots, like gave them legitimacy. Um, you know, being able to get rid of Donald Sterling, like without uh, having Lob City teams. You know, I'm sure Sterling probably still be the owner. Like either those tapes never happen, or if they happen, no one cares. Adam Silver doesn't feel compelled to do anything about it. You know, getting a quality front office, being able to build a G League team. Um, the things that they didn't have during the previous run of contention, you know, those made it possible to obtain those things now, which made it possible to um, have another chance to be even better. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty huge day for Clipper fans. I think it's actually worth mentioning, you know, we're probably going to say today is is the greatest moment in Clipper history, but it's still, it still is arguably when Sterling got canned because that really, has kind of propelled us to everything else. And I think remembering that moment is also kind of worthwhile. But everything has just been kind of building to this from the Blake Pauls, from the Blake and Paul coming to the Clippers, especially Blake getting drafted and everything's been bubbling up really. And this is kind of the culmination uh, of that moment. Aditya, we're going to let you go. It, it was uh, it was great having you on. Um, come back <laughs> whenever you can. Yeah, come. we miss we miss you so much. Yeah. We really love to make the finals this year. Yeah. You know? I'll uh, get a press pass for me for the finals if that happens. <laughs> no, bad. All right. All right, Aditya. See you guys later. Later, man.
And up next, we have we have somebody also special. We got another guest for you guys. Uh, we have Tomer um, of Clutch Points fame, of just covering the Clippers fame. Uh, another really great writer that we have covering this team. Um, Tomer, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Can you guys hear me? Yeah. What to do? What to do, baby? What to do, baby? <laughs> do you have a drink? Do you have a drink by any chance, Tomer? Uh, I will tell you that I took one Jameson shot after Kawhi agreed and two after the Paul George trade news came down. So, uh, and then, right, and then so one more go, after. Why don't you go pour yourself another one? Go pour yourself another one. And, we're, right, you know, right. we're going to have a drink. I have a shot poured Let's next to me this. waiting for, for when you came on the pod, honestly. We all have drinks waiting. <laughs> Did you? Wow. Yeah. I don't want to be late. Yeah, but. no, we've been – we've. You're like like our fourth or fifth guest, and we have been drinking. Yeah, we we've been okay. drinking. Yeah, all right, all right. I, I got my whiskey bottle. Perfect. All right. I don't know. If Rob, I Rob are you are you Rob? Are you passed out? Are you there? No, I'm still here. <laughs> I've, been, I've been quiet. I'm just trying not to <laughs> make quiet. Did you say? Oh God. <laughs> I'm, just to, I'm just trying to make this editing job not as bad. <laughs> God, it's it's, go, it's gonna all be. Right. I'm sorry, Rob. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> We all yeah. got drinks. With this. I'm poured up, guys. All right. Right, guys cheers, everyone. Yep. Cheers. Hey, cheers. All right. Come I love it. I love it. I want, I want all the smoke. All of it. And all then right, some. Come here. Come here. Oh, man. Right, tell just tell us. <laughs> tell us, right? Because so you... You know, you, you cover the Clippers. You've been covering the Clippers for a while now. You're on the ground every day, practice, pregame pressers. You, you know, you, you are, you're in the room all the time. What does this moment mean to you, you know, as a Clippers supporter, as a Clippers media member? Like, this is a franchise-changing moment. These two Woj bombs that came within five minutes of each other just took the Clippers from the Clippers to the new world-class organization in professional sports. Like, where were you? How did you find out? What was your immediate reaction? So I was, I was just sitting here, finishing up a little video game. I was going to have a late, late fourth meal, like 11 p.m. before I go to sleep. Um, I was sure this was going to come down tomorrow. Um, during my flight yeah. to Vegas, because that's just how things work, I, th- I thought. Um, but it happened tonight, and I dropped everything. Like I told you guys, when I saw the when I saw the first, I think it was Haynes who reported the Kawhi thing. I just, I was like, I, 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 I punched my knees. I said yes out loud. I screamed. I wanted to grab a shot of Jamie Jameson. <laughs> Chugged that down for seconds. Um, my dog is looking at me like, what the hell just happened? I love it. Uh, you know, and then and then I sit back down and I see the, the Paul George thing and I'm just like I had I thought it was a fake Woj account. I was like, What? I was like, are you kidding me? That's right. the guy they got. You know, we heard Bradley Beal maybe, love maybe, but Paul George? Oh man. And then I just poured a double shot up. <laughs> and then just quick, quick, uh quick double shot that. Um as for what you started with though, this this is just this is probably the greatest day. I mean, the Clippers haven't had the greatest history in their franchise. We know, but you have to start somewhere. And this is this is one of the greatest days in their history. This is the start of I feel like something great. Um, for for months and years, 
Uh, the Clippers have been, as we all know, the, the sort of second team in L.A., even when they were making successful playoff runs with Blake and CP and DeAndre. They were always talked about second most behind the Lakers, um, even when the Lakers weren't even making the playoffs. Uh, it's just – it's a great day. It's great to see um, the fact that the Clippers were not only able to get a star over the Lakers, but able to get two guys. Um, I will say it, it sucks to see Shea – Gildas Alexander and Danilo yeah. Gallinari both be traded. They're both, I'll tell you, in my year, two years with DiCallo, um, they're the utmost professionals. They've never turned on an interview. Uh, Shea's drip is always 100, whatever you want to say. Oh, I don't know. man. Um, <laughs> but just, they, were just, they were just incredible. They were just... <laughs> yeah, I, I miss, also like to say... I'm going to miss Shea so much. I've said it on here before. I don't, I've only covered a handful of games due to work and just life and whatever, but... Uh, Gallo is hilarious, and uh, yeah, he is. He really is. I'm I'm gonna miss him around the team and the locker room. He's also really good. Uh, OKC, by the way, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that much, but they did awesome for themselves in this. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean Shea just didn't get a ton of media time this year. I think the Clippers were trying to keep him a little quiet, but um, you know, definitely the drip through the roof. And I maintain Clipper, no Clipper, whatever. Uh, he's going to be a star. Um, and really, I can't wait to watch him for the rest of his career, uh, even though he's going to be on OKC or whatever. Uh, he's going to be great and just so, so fun to watch, really. Yeah, I'll, I'll swing it right back to you, Tomer. But I want to mention Shea. I'm wearing a Shea Gilgis Alexander jersey right now. He, uh, is, oh, he, he is probably my favorite through the year, he's probably become my favorite player in the freaking league, which is crazy. I love watching him that much. I love I love watching his development. I love watching his series against the Warriors. He and he's the consummate professional, constantly working. He's going to be a special player. I think he'll be an All Star. I think he has all defensive uh, potential. I think he has all of that potential. I the first thing I thought of when I heard this trade is was did we give up Shea? As, mm-hmm. as ecstatic as I was for Paul George, for Kawhi Leonard, that's the only thing I thought of right away was, did we lose Shea in this? In this? And, and we did. And, like, you can't expect to keep everybody. If we would have somehow kept Shea, it would have been too good to be true, honestly. It really would have. Yeah, yeah, it really would have. I, I figured Sham – I actually thought that both Shamit and Shea would have been in the deal just because to get a guy like Paul George, you had to give up a haul. Um, I, I, I mean, I guess they made up for that with all the unprotected picks. Um, but I, giving up Shea was probably the one thing I was like, this is, this is tough to swallow, but yeah, the Clippers have proven they're, they're for real. They're, they're here to compete now. They're not waiting for the future. They're now is the future. This is the future. Now they're going to compete now. So, uh, that's what it takes. Okay. I, I I don't know. I don't know how well this audio is going to come through, but, um, there's a Instagram story of Paul George reacting to the news that he is going to be coming back home to Los Angeles to play for the Clippers. I, I'm going to see if this, this audio playing from my laptop, picking up on my headset microphone will sound good. Do you guys hear that? He said, we're coming home. We're no. coming home. I, that's that's right. Two guys, two LA natives, Southern California natives, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard went to high school about an hour and a half away from each other, Paul George and Palmdale. That's right. Uh, I mean, and, and they're both, we, we've talked so long, I feel like so long about this Paul George homecoming back to the year he was drafted when the Clippers ended up not taking him. 
him potentially wanting to go to the Lakers when he was leaving Indiana instead went to Oklahoma City and then chose to re-sign in Oklahoma City. We've got the Paul George homecoming. We've got the Kawhi Leonard homecoming finally at the same time. And it's not to the Lakers. It's to the Clippers. I'm beside myself. This is I, – I made this point earlier, earlier Tomer, but – yeah, I want, you know, I want to say it again for you. The Clippers, time and time again, always seem like they do the most Clipper thing possible, right? They blow the big lead. They lose the big game. The free agent doesn't come. And this is the least Clipper moment in Clippers history. It's like, it's almost like it's a different franchise from what, from what we're used to. I mean, it is, I'm beside myself thinking about the team that we've built and that we've put together now. Yeah, it's it's really just a credit to, um, you know, the front office. They've just done a tremendous job finding talent, acquiring assets. I mean, we, we've gone on and on about this, but just the work that, you know, not only Lawrence Frank, but Jerry West, Doc Rivers, Steve Ballmer, Michael Winger, uh, Trent Redden as well. They, they've all just done a tremendous job. Uh, Lee Jenkins, um, they've just done a trem- tremendous job uh, finding talent and acquiring assets and, and just making – pulling whatever move they had to. I think the toughest part was the first one was just trading Blake Griffin, who was a fan favorite. Um, that was tough. I, even I was like, that's just, I don't know about that one. Um, but they got good guys back. Trading Tobias Harris, the second move, that was, that was tough. That was also tough. Uh, we both, I think, I think we all know he's probably not, for the Clippers' sake, not worth the max contract. But he was just a, a high character, professional. Like, I've talked to him multiple times. He's funny. He likes to talk about anything and everything. Um, so it was, it was tough to see him go, but the, the Clippers front office showed again, that they just have bigger goals in mind. Um, like you said, the least Clippers thing <laughs> that we could have seen, um, just working quietly behind the scenes and, 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 and getting, and getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. It, it just sounds crazy to say that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are Clippers. That sounds, that sounds insane. Tell me, I've been asking, uh, our guests, uh, this question. I figured I'd ask you too. I hate to talk about the Lakers too much, but obviously there are rivals right now, and they're probably a strong rival out West. Is the Paul George-Kawhi Leonard tandem stronger than LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Oof. Um, I think that remains to be seen. Uh, I think because of their injury history, as far as LeBron and, and AD, um, I think you can give the edge to the, to the Clippers duo. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi are both more in their primes. Uh, LeBron's a little bit out of his prime. AD's just about to hit it. Um, I just think the the team that both have, have been surrounded with, um, the Lakers are, con- are constructed around LeBron with shooters, as we've seen in the past. And they have AD there as well. But the Clippers just have, you know, that starting unit with Patrick Beverly, Kawhi, and PG is going to be a, a force defensively. Um, that might actually be an unstatable lineup defensively. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Landry Shamit, sharpshooter in there as well. Um, we haven't even talked about Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell. They were the best bench duo in the NBA last year, in NBA right. history, actually. And right, they, right. they're just going to wreak havoc coming off the bench. And, that's, and the, the biggest thing for me is that we always had to go this year, ah, the starting unit was okay, but we know we have Lou and, and Tress coming in, so we'll be fine. We'll probably even it out. Now you have this solid – offensive and defensive starting unit and then you also bring Lou and Trez off the bench uh, not to mention guys like Mo Harkless Rodney Magruder um, this, this is just going to be fun but 
uh, going, going, going back to your point, I think, I think you can give the edge to the Clippers duo of Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's recency bias, but it just feels like they're the better duo because of the – they're both in their prime and because of the team constructed around them. Yep, yep. Uh, anything else you want to say, Tomar, before we let you go? I know you have a Twitter handle that you uh, probably want to plug. Right. And... <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, just follow me at Tomer Zarly, at T-O-M-E-R-A-Z-A-R-L-Y. And uh, just just tweet me some what it do, babies, or something like that. I just, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a great time to be a Clippers fan. What it do, right baby? Ter- what it do, baby? <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrific, I will say, it's a terrific time to be a Clippers fan. Um, a lot of us have suffered uh, a lot. I, I'm I'm relatively young compared to what some some Clipper fans, so I can't say that as much. But um, it's a great time to be a Clippers fan. This is this is exciting. Uh, we actually have a battle for LA, so this will be fun. Yeah, man. Make sure to ca- all you guys catch Tamara on Twitter. Tamara Azuli at Tamara Azuli's fantastic resource of Clipper information. And Thank thanks, Tamara. Thanks, Tamara, for coming on the pod. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Congratulations. Thank Have you a so good much, agency. Have a good one, guys. Pour yeah. another shot for us, Tamara. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> I will do. I got one right here. I'll do. Nice. Beautiful. Thanks, thanks right. guys. Bye bye. All right, that's Tomer. We got a we got another special guest coming in a minute. Okay. Um, wait, wait, wait. So, Lucas. so I, have a, I have a question for you guys. So Tomer brings up the, the battle for LA, right? Which is something that we've been hearing for a long time. Um, not, a, you know, not the longest time, but since the Lob City era began and the Clippers kind of emerged onto the scene of NBA relevance, whenever the Clippers play the Lakers, we've been hearing battle for LA because the Lakers are always relevant, even when they suck, right? But this is really our first chance to get a Clippers-Lakers playoff series not just the Clippers-Lakers playoff series, but potentially a Clippers-Lakers Western Conference Finals, which would be the Clippers' first Western Conference Finals appearance in franchise history. And I'm kind of torn as a Clippers fan and as an ardent Lakers hater. Do I want the Lakers to suck, right? Because there's a chance if the Lakers, if Rob Polinka fills out the roster the same way he did last year, and Anthony Davis and LeBron James each missed some time. Like, the Lakers could really stick. Like, they might not make the playoffs next year even. But if, those, if both those guys stay relatively healthy and the role players are solid around them, then they could be championship contenders. So I, I'm a little bit torn between would I like to see the Lakers just totally bought out and fail? Or is there a little piece of me somewhere that actually wants now that I know the Clippers are going to be good, is there a little piece of me that also wants the Lakers to be good so that we have the chance to beat them in like some kind of like high pressure, high stakes situation? Like the, the Clippers and Lakers have never had a big head to head playoff series before. And while it would be wonderful for me to see the Lakers fail, there's just something about getting the chance to really beat them in that situation. I don't know. Like, do you, do you feel what I'm saying there? I, I feel what you're saying. I'd be stunned if the Clipper, if the Lakers missed the playoffs, it would be pretty stunning for me. I mean, that's still Anthony Davis and LeBron James, you know, those guys by themselves have taken, you know, granted it's the Western conference and all that, but assuming relative health, I'd be pretty stunned if they missed the playoffs. Obviously they they could both get injured, but my biggest worry, I would be very, <laughs> if we got the Lakers in the second round 
the nerves would kill me probably i would i would be just <laughs> beside myself with nerves it would be it would be too much like the clippers would be completely into it i'm sure like the team would be all for it we'll probably would have home court but what does that even mean in a, in a series against the lakers um that would that would like that would be too much for me to handle i feel like if we got them in the second round the western conference finals you know i, I would I, I expect the clippers to be you know title favorites western conference finals if we do that next year even Okay, like I would want to beat them, obviously, but let's at least get to the Western Conference Finals. I I want that monkey off our back. If we got them in the second round, God, I would I would be shitting bricks. Rob, <laughs> how do you feel about the idea of a possible um, Staples series against the Lakers? Would not like it. Uh, just the nerves wouldn't be great. The narratives yeah. wouldn't be great. Um, but you know, they just beat the Lakers at their best game. Uh, which is getting free agents, not winning championships. Sorry, like you're saying. Trying to drop Just probably not good, considering the Lakers have won, you know, however many, 16 championships, whatever stupid number it is. Oh, is it 16? I forget. I, I forget. legitimately don't even know. Uh, <laughs> it is I don't know. I don't know either. I don't count. I don't count rings. I don't believe in counting rings. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think I would rather the Lakers just be bad again. For me, the best thing would be if they stink and Anthony Davis leaves next summer. That would be the best thing. Uh, forget a, a Staples rivalry. Um, and I think, I can't even remember. We've had so many guests on here. But one of the guests mentioned that, you know, there will be kids now who have only grown up with really good Clippers teams and, you know, good at best Lakers teams, depending on how good they are this year. And this could really be a turning point, you know, in the battle for L.A. in terms of fandom. The Lakers are still massively, massively ahead. Uh, but this could really cut more into that deficit. And we'll just see how it goes. But I do think our, our next guest is, is on the line. And uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I, was just, I was guest. just about to say, someone, someone who, you know, another perspective that would be great to get on this question of, you know, would it, would it be better – to have the Lakers bottom out and just kind of enjoy their suffering or to have the chance to play them in a high stakes playoff series. We've got someone else who Clippers fans on Twitter will recognize at LA Clippers film on Twitter. You know, what do you, what do you think? What, what would you rather have happen? Would you rather have the Lakers kind of bottom out, have trouble with their role players, you know, maybe have trouble with the load management aspect or, do you want to see the Clippers versus Lakers in the Western Conference Finals in a high-stakes playoff series? Um, I got to be honest. I want to see them bottom out and be as worse as they possibly can be. <laughs> yeah. I respect it. I respect it. Yeah. I mean, the Laker fans and the Laker contingent was so dismissive in free agency on the Clippers' talent. It was as if the 48 games didn't mean anything. And, like, we were just a fly on the wall for, for, Ka for Kawhi. And, yeah, I want to see them do terrible. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I agree with it. So, be, before we keep moving, Shaf, I, I have to say, film, every guest who comes on this podcast is giving us their best what to do baby. Can can you give us your best what to do baby? <laughs> All right. Uh, what to do baby? What to do? What to do, do baby? baby? What to do baby? Rob, 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 you got to you got to get ready? back, Rob. What to do baby, Rob? Rob, come on, Rob. Rob, give it to us. What are What are we doing? Are we doing Are we doing shots or what? 
We'll yeah, it. I've we'll got a shot poured, man. All right. Cheers. 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 Ring. Oh, man. I do have a question, actually. <laughs> uh, a very different question that I've been thinking about for the past few minutes. And I think I just saw somebody bring it up on Twitter. Um, what would you do? You prefer the Paul George trade or a trade for Bradley Beal, but not giving up Shea and giving up Shamit instead, and like three fewer picks? Would that change anything for you? I and mean, George is obviously better. Would, the, would that change in assets and keeping Shea rather than Shamit uh, mean anything to you guys, or do you think just going in for George is the better move? Um, theoretically, if if theoretically Kawhi would come if they got Beal and not George. I would probably lean towards Paul George only because if we're having Kawhi, I'm going to assume that Kawhi Leonard is moving us into a win-now mode. And in a best-of-seven series, uh, the top-end talent with Kawhi and PG just supersedes anything that would have been with that other deal. That, that, that'd be my, my opinion on that. Uh, that's that's really tough for me because I love Shea so much. So I think the idea maybe is, are, is Bradley Beal and Shea Gilgis Alexander better than than Paul George? Um, and maybe you know maybe keeping a pick or two. And that's honestly like for me, I'm a Shea Homer, so it's so am it's, I, so am it's, I. It's really hard for me to say that particularly. And I think Bradley Beal is a beast. I think Bradley Beal is probably a top 15 player. I think Paul George is, is definitely a top 10 player. And that difference is substantial, you know, like between 15 and 10. And George, is prob- is George last year was a top five player. So that's a substantial change. But, man, I love Shea. I think, I think Shea can be really, really good. For me, I don't know. It's hard. I, I think just – bias my bias is so heavy that i might say if we gave up two less picks and had shea and beal in instead and maybe gave up shamit then maybe i would maybe slightly lean towards that way but i'm wearing a shea jersey right now so like that just shows my objectivity i'm gonna miss shea so much rob how do you feel you know, I, you feel about that? go I, ahead lucas i i i hate to be on the non-shea side of any issue ever yeah but I just think, I, I don't know, I feel like there is, I don't think that, that Paul George and Bradley Beal are talent equals in the NBA. I think, I think that Paul George is, is and Bradley Beal is amazing. I've talked a lot, you know, on the podcast, on Twitter, on the blog, about how much I would like to have Bradley Beal as a Kawhi co-star. But at the end of the day, for me, Paul George is just, kind of a notch above talent-wise. And like Film just said, when you're in this win-now mode, getting a guy like Paul George on the roster is a huge deal. Like, I, If you gave me the option right now, let's say Shamit Gallo or the deal that we just did for Paul George and Kawhi comes either way, I mean – you know, it, it is after 4 a.m. and I have been drinking quite a bit while we've been recording. But I think I still do the Paul George deal. Like, the, the amount that it opens your championship window for the next two seasons is worth the long-term risk of what Shea could become somewhere else. I just think, I think when you're talking about actually winning championships, 
this is the this is the move that does it. What what do you think about that, Rob? Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think and the picks I would I just threw in as the picks being in, but really I do think it comes down to Shea. Uh, or maybe how you value Beal compared to George. I don't think anybody but, like, the most ardent Beal supporters or George doubters would have them on the same level or probably even that close. Uh, I think Shap said it pretty well, which is the difference between, like, a top eight guy and a top 15 to 20 guy is really, really big, and that difference matters a lot. So if you don't think Shea is going to be, you know, an all-star, all-defense-level guy within the next two to three years – which maybe the Clippers didn't, or maybe they just think the difference uh, between George and Beal is great enough anyway that it doesn't matter, um, <laughs> then you have to go for right, it. Exactly. It's, it's probably the right move. Uh, my thing is really, I just don't think Kawhi was coming with anybody else because he put this all together. Um, so unless he did reach out to Beal, which it's possible he reached out to multiple guys, uh, but it sounds like he wanted George. Um, George obviously had that, you know, the Instagram thing about he's coming home. Beal does not have a connection. I think he's from, like, St. Louis. Um, so, you know, it could be something he and George have even talked about previously. Uh, we, we can't really know that. That might come out. But, yeah, I mean, I think they made the right choice. And the trade looks really bad. You know, when you look at it from, like, a long-term, like, what happens if it doesn't pan out. But it's a move you have to do to get two top eight guys on your team. And, uh like the Clippers are going to be great next year and they're going to be really, really tough to defend in a playoff setting when they have two guys who are you know, six, eight or taller who can get buckets like PG and Kawhi can. I think people are talking about the defense with them and Pat Beverly, but I think the offense will probably be actually scarier uh, in a playoff setting because you just have so many good options. And that's not even counting something like Lou Trez pick and roll, um, PG or Kawhi Trez pick and roll, you know, PG, Kawhi running pick and rolls with each other. There are just so many options. Uh, you know, they can get each other switched on to the worst defender or whatever. So um, it's it's going to be a really, really fun team to watch, hopefully. Yeah, and, I, and switch, switching gears a little bit, you know, while we have at LA Clippers film on Twitter here with us, you know, I want to ask, the Clippers are potentially right now looking at having Patrick Beverly – Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, starting at point guard, shooting guard, and small forward, heading into next season. What does this – I mean, in terms of, of defensive upside for these three guys at the perimeter positions, what do, what, can you tell us a little bit about what you think that looks like heading into next season? Like, what are other teams going up against with Beverly, George, and Leonard at those three positions in the starting lineup? Well, I mean, I hate to be – cliche and give a simple answer but like that's just going to be extremely hard to score on I mean you're looking at every single possession going deep into the shot clock against other teams and quite frankly there aren't too many teams in the league who have enough individual offensive players to be able to combat um, Patrick Beverly Paul George and Kawhi Leonard on the defensive end and and just projecting in the future, that's kind of what makes this so damn appealing is come playoff time, how many teams have enough guys who can get shots one-on-one against Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Patrick Beverly, right? So as we know, when the playoffs come around, offensive efficiency drops, and 
that's going to drop even further when you play against an L.A. Clipper team that has that many talented perimeter defenders in the prime of their careers. So it's in, in Zoo, and I think Zoo kind of shows, if we if were able to bring him back, he showed some things as far as being a potential rim protector. At least he was better than what Ben Gortai last year. But, um, yeah, that, that split of Patrick Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George is just going to be insanely hard to score on. Teams are going to have trouble getting into their sets, and it's only going to be exacerbated come playoff time. All right, so so put yourself in in Doc Rivers' shoes, and fast forward a little bit. It's Game Seven of the 2020 NBA Finals. It's the fourth quarter. There's six minutes left. It's a one possession game. Look at this Clippers roster. Let's assume they bring back Zubats, and probably Jermichael Green comes back for the room exception, which I think is probably the most likely outcome for the Clippers in the next couple of days. What would be your lineup to close that game? This is something we've been asking, asking our guests all night. What would be your lineup to close this big game, Game 7, NBA Finals, one possession game? How, how, are, you, how are you building this lineup if you're Doc Rivers? Oh, that's, that's tough. Um, it, it would maybe have to depend on time and score, but, um, depending on what we would need at the moment, you may want to go Lou at the one, then you go Kawhi and PG at the two and the three. And then you maybe go Trez and Jamichael. Maybe if you were, if you were going super, super small, that, that mm. leads to some issues maybe with the boards, but, you know, I would hope that having Kawhi and PG manning the defensive wings positions would help us just a little bit control the defense a bit. But yeah, that in that situation, I'm, I'm I want Lou in because his defense isn't as much of a liability. If you if we have Tred, I mean, if we have Kawhi and PG, and Lou's playmaking and shooting is a great asset to. Kawhi and PG on the other end. So I'd probably go Lou, PG, Kawhi, maybe Jamichael and Trez down the stretch. I think that's an awesome offensive lineup and boarding would be an issue, but I would hope we find a way around that with Kawhi, who's also a really strong rebounder for his position as well. What about yeah. you? What about you? What, what, what would you, what would you, what would you go with? So, so for me, I think, I think I'm going with, I'm absolutely going with Beverly, Leonard, and George, right? I think those are the three guys that have to be on the floor for me. And then, like you said, a lot depends on time and score. I could see myself going with Landry Shamit at the two and then running mm. George at the three, Leonard at the four, and potentially a Jamichael Green at the five. I but like I could it. also I like see it. myself – I could see myself benching Shamit, putting in Harkless instead. So you've got Beverly at the one, George at the two, Kawhi at the three, Harkless at the four, and Green at the five. And then I think you've got basically Pat Bev just harassing the ball. Whatever's going on, Patrick Beverly is harassing the ball. And those other four guys are all 6'8 to 6'9. You're switching everything. You're trapping dribble handoffs. You're trapping ball screens. I think that that 
that lineup of a Beverly, George, Leonard, Harkless, Green lineup is giving any group in the league absolute fit. And I think that would be a great situational lineup for late in games. It's not something you can play 30 minutes a night, you know, because you've got guys who have to play at different positions and you don't want to play too small for too long. But you put those guys in in a pinch and you start trapping and you can absolutely blitz other teams. I think that would be really effective. For a three-minute stretch in the, like, game five of a 2-2 playoff Oh, my series, God. That's, a, I, that's, a, that's like a 17-2 run waiting to happen. Then and then the duality of Pat Bev being able to be a spot up guy on the other end. It's yeah, that's a that's a lineup that I didn't think of. I'm still kind of getting used to Mo Hartlicks being on the team, mm-hmm. but wow, mm-hmm. that's that that is definitely a lineup that I could get used to seeing. That's that's daunting. I hope we bring Jermichael Green back too. He was fantastic for the Clippers last year. All right, let's. So let's, let's zoom out for a second, Film. Let's zoom out and just, you know, we're not going to think about lineups. We're not going to think about Doc's decisions. We're just thinking about this Clippers franchise and all of the misery that has gone with it for decades compared to what happened in the span of five minutes tonight with these Woj bombs. Just tell, you know, Give us, give us your, your perspective on what it feels like. like. Like, where were you when you saw these tweets? What, what was the first thing that went through your head? How did you react? Like, how are you feeling right now? You know, a, a historically feudal franchise that you've supported is now all of a sudden far and away the front runner in, in the league. Like, what, describe how that feels to you, at, you know, you personally as an individual. Um, I, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, but for starters, it's extremely rewarding. Um, I often have this conversation with people about the Clippers when I say that it wasn't until Bomber joined the team that they became an actual NBA franchise. So what I mean by that is there were no more cutting corners on little things like, um, amenities at the training facility in Playa Vista or any, or any of the little things like that, flushing out the entire front office and things like that. Like I bomber bomber essentially removed every other department out of the training facility in Playa Vista so that it can be a hundred percent dedicated to basketball ops. Little things like that made me feel that we were finally becoming an actual NBA legitimate franchise And when you put it into perspective like that, the leaps and bounds that we've grown in just in the last four or five years has been incredible. It's been a ride for me. I was coming home from work and I saw the Chris Haynes tweet and I had to double and triple check. I didn't believe that it was actually happening. Even though I had an inclination, I felt that I didn't, I didn't feel strong enough to commit to it, but I felt like the Clippers shot was very real. Despite my bias, I really truly felt like the Clippers had more than a great shot at Kawhi. But yeah, this is just a validation moment for the franchise. And this is a franchise that is Los Angeles. It's, it's validated by this. And I honestly, I honestly feel like this is just 
what happens when you put great ownership, a great front office, great coaching, and you do things the right way. And it's great to see a team like our team, the LA Clippers, get rewarded for that. Yeah, it's, man. Unreal. it's unreal. I mean, I, I think my, my tweet's not like I, I would, I'm just looking at my, my Twitter right now and the most recent, you know, I'm looking at my notifications column and I just have this tweet that I put about half an hour ago that says, I can't fucking believe it. I just can't fucking believe it. And that this is I've like, been, I, I, knew trying to find like I knew this was coming and I still can't believe it when I saw the words wrong. Like I, and I've been trying to find words to describe this moment, and it's been it's been beyond words, man. Um, it's beyond words. It's beyond me. It's a state of euphoria, man. I'm just so glad that you know. I can't even believe it until I see it <laughs> to an extent. It's kind of crazy. Like all of this happened so quickly. I didn't expect George to be on this team at all like I I didn't think I knew that we would try I knew you know part I knew the whole time that the Clippers were were furiously kind of working on a second star because everything was kind of pointing to the idea that Kawhi wanted a second star so I I I wasn't surprised that something happened but man it's just I'm stunned I still I'm still kind of in a stupor like I can't believe this is the team that we've orchestrated for ourselves and that we're going to be watching and and covering this team is, is sort of incredible. And for long, long-term long Clipper fans, it's just such such validation. Um, yeah, before before we let you go uh, at LA Clippers Film Room, um, anything else you want to say to Clipper fans and just what we can expect? Like, what what are you most excited for to kind of, to kind of chop down for us on Twitter? Like, what plays are you kind of – are you kind of like on the tip of your tongue seeing the idea of having this team together, having Kawhi on one wing, um, having George on another? What are you kind of thinking in the back of your head? What are you most excited to see out there on the floor with these two guys together and with all of our depth that we have behind them? Um, the most, the thing I'm excited about is trying to see how teams defend the Kawhi G pick and roll in the playoffs. That's like, I don't, off the top of my head, I don't know what team is going to be capable enough to defend that. And, I mean, we've we've watched the Clippers go ice cold in crucial playoff moments. I don't want to bring up <laughs> game six in, against Houston or anything like that. But, like, we've, we've struggled so long where we've had really good top-end talent, but we've honestly never, ever had the Kevin Durant. We've never had the LeBron James. And this is always an argument I have with people when they say that, oh, the Lob City teams were so stacked. And I'm like, yeah, they were really good. But when it came time for the playoffs, they never had the tier one perennial all NBA six, seven talent that you, that is almost a prerequisite to get deep into the playoffs. So I'm really anxious and excited to see that we have not one, but two, two way guys who are capable of taking over an offensive sequence. So I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing how Landry Shamit compliments those two guys. I'm actually really happy that we were able to keep him and Patrick Beverly's back as well. And I thought, I thought that especially towards the end of last year, he was really underrated in some of the things that he was doing as far as being in control with not only his three ball, but floaters and, then his rebounding from a point guard was just insanely good. 
So I'm just interested in, I just can't wait to see what, what Doc cooks up with, with Kawhi and PG. The, the options are really limitless with those two guys. Both of those guys have improved their handles tremendously since they've gotten into the league. So you can play them in a multitude of ways. And I'm just anxious to see how that all comes together. I can't wait. Beverly, I think, is what an incredible compliment Beverly is going to be to these guys. I think we were all kind of talking about it, Lucas and and Rob, as far as if we do bring in Kawhi, how important it was to keep somebody like Beverly. And, man, he is at a great price, I think, for what we're going to use him as a clipper. Sorry, Lucas, what were you saying? I think I think Rob might have been saying something. I wasn't saying oh, anything. Oh, Rob, get get your voice on this pod, man. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't say anything. No, nothing. <laughs> Never mind. We're, we're all tripping a little. It's late. It's fine. It's late. We're all kind of a little feeling good. That's all right. Um, anything else you want to say for us um, at LA Clipper Film Room? Um, just that Clipper Nation, the entertainment here. We've we've built this team the right way. We've 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 stuck to the new our new culture. We've built this thing the right way, and yeah, come to Staples. It's gonna be a show. I I can't wait. I'm gonna try to make as many games as I can, and yeah, thank you all for like building my basketball knowledge as as well because I learn a lot from all of you guys on here and um as Clipper fans I think we all understand the gravity of this moment and so the one thing I will say is that all fans do this right so when we go on a two three game losing streak next season and things look even a tad bit shaky like oh my god we blew this up it didn't work I want to just revel in this optimism for a bit. You know, this feeling feels great. And I just want to make the most of it before the reality sets in that even if we have Kawhi and PG, this isn't going to be an easy road to a championship. There will be issues along the way. The Warriors had like four all-stars and still we're going to game seven with Houston. So this isn't, this isn't a guaranteed championship by any means, but just the opportunity, the, the real opportunity of raising a banner in Staples with the Clippers has me excited. And so just to remember this feeling as we head towards next season. For sure. That's at LA Clippers film. Uh, Follow him on Twitter. He's fantastic. Really great stuff. Thank you for coming on Um, and follow him for sure. Everybody listening. I'm pretty sure a lot of fans listening already follow you, but if you, if you don't, it's great, great Clipper content. And thank you for coming on the pod, man. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thank you. And this was my uh, very first podcast that I've ever done. So if oh, I was God, terrible, awesome. I apologize. Oh, man. Oh, apologize. you were so good. Wow. You, were, you were like a veteran, man. Really, really smooth what voice. <laughs> it's a great, what it's a night. A great night to be a Clipper fan. <laughs> yeah. You guys have a good one, man. Have a good one, good man. Good night, man. Thank you. Yep. And we, we have somebody else are, are on the pod as well. Uh, Jovan Buha, who's uh, one of my favorites that I, I kind of keep up with a lot. Clippers beat writer on The Athletic. Um, does Clip City. Uh, we Clips, saved Clips, the best for last. <laughs> Clip City pod, <laughs> which, is a, which is a great pod that you guys should all listen to, too. Um, does some Fox Sports West stuff, too. Uh, really just a, a great contributor for uh, for the Clippers. Johan, how are you doing, man? What it do, baby? <laughs> what it do, baby? 
<laughs> yo, yo, you got you got, you got you got a shot or anything you're drinking tonight, man? Uh no, I've actually been bedridden I, for the past a, week. Oh um, no! Uh, oh never. It's okay, I so. I am going to take Yovan's shot for him. All right, cheers! <laughs> cheers, everyone. <laughs> yep. This is man, insane, I, man. Oh man, Yovan! I wish, was... I wish my my webcam was on or something so that the people could know <laughs> that I was really taking a shot every time I said I was taking a shot. <laughs> oh my god, uh, Yovan! So <laughs> you, you've been following this team. You've had some great stuff on Twitter, on the Athletic. Uh, your pod's been doing really good too. I love listening to it personally. Um, what are your what? Where were you when this happened? What were your feelings? Uh, like what? What happened in your life when when Kawhi Leonard came to the Los Angeles Clippers with Paul George? Well, I, I was actually packing for summer league. I mean, oh man! And, uh, Lakers roommate, Clippers tomorrow. <laughs> and that's that's gonna be a fun one now. Um, but but my roommate, uh, can I cuss on this or uh, fuck that, yes? Okay. All right, so my roommate is a big Lakers fan. Uh, I just heard him yell, <laughs> and I was like, I, I was like, like, what just happened? Like another earthquake? Like what's going on? And then I like ran to his room, and he's like, Kawhi and Paul George to the Clippers, and I was like, wait, what? And then I just looked at my phone, and I had like eleven Woj <laughs> notifications. Uh, so I was like, four, I don't know, four or five minutes late to it, but. Um, it's just insane, and uh, like it's crazy because you know all the speculation, all the rumors, all the reporting the last few days. It's been so pro Lakers and, and so much, you know, even pro Raptors. Like no one was talking about the Clippers, and it kind of made sense. Like it was like, you know, if if Kawhi wants to compete, uh, you know, for for titles and stuff, like the Clippers probably were the third best option at the time. Even though I still felt like. You know, some people are like, oh, they, they can't win a title if they add Kawhi. I didn't feel like that was the case. I felt like adding him to that 48-win core put you in that, like, 54 to 56-win range. Uh, and, you know, they would definitely be in that mix. But, you know, adding Paul George, another top-10 guy, a guy who finished third in MVP voting, first-team All-NBA, like, uh, it's just, you know, I, I can't help but think of the favorites, in, in, not just in the West right now, but probably in the league. Like, I don't really know who you could definitively say is better than them. Uh, we'll see how the Lakers fill out the rest of the roster. I like the Danny Green move, but I didn't like the KCP move, which <laughs> no. seems to just be a clutch thing. Uh, JaVale's okay, but, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see what they do with the rest of their roster. But outside of the Lakers, who also have their own, you know, AD and LeBron, um, I just look at the rest of the league, and I'm like, okay, Milwaukee, they're really good, but I think the Clippers are, you know, at least on par with them. Uh, Houston, I think they're on par, if not better. Utah, I think they're better, like, I just don't see the, the team out there that is definitively better than them, and, and that's what you want. And that's why – I mean, look, they gave up a huge haul. I think people kind of brushed that aside, or, you know, so, uh, at least on the Clippers' side. Like, they gave up, what, seven picks, eight picks? Um, and on top of Shea and, and Gallo, like, it is a massive haul. It's probably bigger than what the Lakers just gave up for AD. Uh, but I think it's, it's worth it because you're not, you didn't just trade for Paul George. You traded for essentially Paul George and Kawhi. And that, to me, is worth pretty much anything that you can give up. So as tough as it is to lose Shea, I think the Clippers are now in the top three or four in the league at, at worst. Uh, they now have two top eight, top nine guys. 
and they're you know championship contenders, if not favorites. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, and I kind of I've been talking to a few of my friends who are big you know uh, fans of either the Clippers or the Lakers or mix or just NBA fans. Over the last three days or so, the Lakers have been getting a ton of smoke. Uh, then the Raptors the last couple of days. And I've been kind of saying under my breath, because, you know, we, we have a group chat, Lucas and Rob and me, and just other Clipper fans have been saying, you know, the, the Clippers could maybe trade for a star and maybe they could get Kawhi. You know, that could happen. Maybe that's what's going on right now. And I didn't want to scream it from the rooftops or anything because I, I wanted to say it out loud. But at the same time in my head, also being a Clipper pessimist, I've just been like, you know, he's probably going to go back to the Raptors. A four-year or five-year deal sounds crazy, but – that might be what he does and because he might the Clippers just might not be able to get that second star from it for him but I've been kind of whispering you know I know them they must be trying they must be trying to get a second star because obviously from all the stuff we've been hearing from Kawhi and, and it's been very little but the chatter with Durant to come to the Clippers was loud enough you know the fact that he's been postponing I kept thinking in my head you know they're probably trying to do something right now whether or not they can pull it off is another story I know Lucas and and Rob put out a, uh, an article on Clips Nation talking about detailing it, almost putting Paul George in there for, for, uh, for a good measure. Um, but it's been kind of a quiet chatter amongst Clipper fans, but everybody's been so loud talking about the Raptors and the Lakers that Clipper fans, even Clipper fans that have been plugged in, have been just kind of saying it quietly, as we are prone to do, just being the quieter team uh, across the hall just quietly saying, you know, maybe the Clippers are trying to put something together. And and I know Lucas can kind of talk about this a little bit more. Like, finally, we were able to really put it together. Lucas, I mean, Johan kind of talked about it, just like this whole thing is just so crazy. And I know you were feeling it. I know Rob uh, wrote about it. I mean, that that it happened. I mean, Lucas, how, how – I know you talked about it. You kind of talked about it kind of quietly that, you know, you kind of felt like this might have been happening – and, you know, we didn't want to talk about it out loud. But now that it happened, you know, how much did you feel like this was a real possibility, netting a second star, getting both of them for the Clippers at this moment? Like, how did you really feel like this was going to – Did you? how did it feel like deep down inside that was this actually something that you could see happening? Because it's just a lot to expect from a team like the Clippers who have not netted a big fish, you know, in their history, Chris Paul aside. Yeah, I think I think it was the day before free agency opened. So free agency opened on Sunday the 30th. So that would have been Saturday the 29th. When that was when I first started hearing that Kawhi had been placing those calls to Durant to try to get Durant to sort of reconsider his commitment to Kyrie Irving and the Nets and come to the Clippers and said and more so than making me excited about the potential of a Leonard Durant pairing on the Clippers, what that showed me was, wow, Kawhi really wants to be a Clipper. Like, he wants to be a Clipper bad enough that he's placing a personal call to Kevin Durant to try to kind of spark that recruitment. And so then, you know, obviously that didn't work out, right? That was plan A. But when later in the week, you know, you start hearing, hey, well, you know, Kawhi is calling Paul George, Paul George is talking to the Thunder, that's when, for me, it, it started, be, and I, I was like, you know, I, I remember talking to Robert about it and saying, like, I just don't think 
even if the Clippers went all in on Paul George, this is, he finished third in MVP voting last year. Like, even if the Clippers go all in, Shea, Shamit, Gallo, all the picks, Paul George just finished third in MVP voting. They just don't have enough to get him. But I, you know, I underestimated Kawhi. Like, Kawhi, basically, based on what we've heard from Woj tonight, Kawhi convinced Paul George not just to be open to coming to the Clippers, but to walk into Sam Presti's office in Oklahoma City and say, I am requesting that you trade me to the Clippers. I mean, that's just, it's, a, it's astounding to me that, that that was able to happen and that Kawhi was not, not only did Kawhi choose the Clippers over the Raptors and the Lakers, but he was so dedicated to the idea of the Clippers that he put in his own effort, his own work to try to recruit Durant and fail and then try to recruit Paul George and basically succeed in convincing Paul George to request that trade from Oklahoma City. Like the fact that the Clippers are enough of a destination that the reigning NBA Finals MVP convinced the guy who finished third place in MVP voting last year to request a trade to the Clippers so that they could both come here. Like this is the least Clippers thing that has ever happened in basketball. I just like, I knew it was coming and I still can't believe that it happened. Rob, we're the resident pessimists on this pod. Um, <laughs> how how surprised? Eeyore, before. Eeyore, Eeyore uh, shout out <laughs> to John Raffo, who's one of our favorites. Um, Rob, like, did you feel this coming at all? Like this kind of thing? I know, I know we had, there was the idea theoretically that this was the play, but man, it just happened in spades. Right. I think, you know, the delay was certainly something that I thought favored the Clippers. I wrote about this in one of my God knows how many articles I've written about this over the past week. Um, That as soon as I think it was uh, the one, as soon as they said there would be a delay of a few days, I wrote that that favored the Clippers because the only reason a delay made sense was for one of the teams to do something uh, to help convince Kawhi. And the only team that that made sense for was the Clippers. The Raptors have a full roster. They don't have any room to do anything. The Lakers blew all their assets on Anthony Davis. They have like the room exception. That's not getting anybody. You know, the biggest other free agent is DeMarcus Cousins, you know, Marcus Morris. These are not names that are going to, wow Kawhi Leonard at this point so really it was it was for the Clippers benefit um and you know there there was also the idea that like you know he just had to mull over his decision uh and with all respect to that and you know the idea that his camp was putting that out there you know it makes sense that he had the better part of a year and you know even if you want to say he was focused on his season with the Raptors he had you know, weeks and weeks to think about this. He didn't really need two or three extra days to mull over some like PowerPoint presentations. So that really made me think the Clippers were still in it. And the idea of the star trade is something that I think Brian Windhorst has been talking about for a few days as uh, maybe even longer than that, as something that Kawhi was really looking for. I did not see Paul George coming. I, you know, as we've discussed on this pod already in past couple of pods, I thought it would be Bradley Beal maybe Kevin Love. Um, but even as, as we discussed them, those guys, even Beal, who's really good, as we've said, uh, didn't really seem like maybe the kind of guy that would get Kawhi there. Paul George is. And it's, yeah, it's it's wild that they were able to get both of them. But 
Kawhi, Kawhi really wanted to be a Clipper, <laughs> which sounds weird to say. Um, but it seems like the Clippers front office, who was confident and talked a lot of shit all year to reporters, uh, had good reason to be confident and talk all their shit. And, you know, if you trash talk and back it up, that's the best way to do it. And that's what the Clippers front office just did. So shout out to those guys for putting the work in and shout out to Kawhi for really making this all happen in true LeBron James-esque fashion, by the way, uh, and doing this in LA against, you know, not directly against LeBron, but kind of against LeBron is, is pretty crazy. Uh, it's, it's yeah. <laughs> Yovan, I, I, I feel I, go ahead. Go ahead, chap. Go ahead. No, you Yovan, like how did, I know you're, you're fairly connected. Um, and I, I'm sure you, how did, did you hear rumblings of this? I know the Clippers were pretty tight lipped and it was hard to get an idea of what was happening. We all had an idea that maybe this was happening with the delays and especially with the Kawhi rumbles trying to get Katie over. But did you feel that this was kind of happening under the scenes and how realistic was this whole thing happening the way it did to you personally? Uh, I, I think I was, I was, side of things happening just because I felt like there there have been so many things that had won the clip you know went against the Clippers in terms of you know like first Kawhi wins the title which everyone you know it's kind of like universally across the league everyone was saying Kawhi's going to the Clippers the one way he might not go is if they win the title like that might be enough to keep him so the Raptors go out win the title second thing is the Durant injury which kind of kills that dream pairing um, you know, of, of Kawhi and KD, which is was the Clippers' plan A. And, you know, KD kind of changed his plan and, and ended up ending up with uh, with Kyrie in Brooklyn. And that was kind of the second blow of, like, well, now the Clippers might not be able to get that second guy. And then the third thing was the AD trade and the Lakers clearing uh, that extra cap space to get the third star, where now all of a sudden the Lakers, who weren't even really in the mix to begin with, uh, kind of entered at the 11th hour and were like, all right, we're here now. We have a third spot. You know, come join the super team. LeBron is going to pass the torch to you. You're going to be the guy you know, with the Lakers, yada, yada. So, you know, all that had kind of shifted my opinion of like, look, like I, I thought he was one of the Clippers, but, you know, there, it's just been blow after blow after blow that it's kind of, you know, all those things were like objectively bad for the Clippers. Like, they, you know, they didn't help them get Kawhi, but um, I, I did think the delay was interesting. And the fact that, Every time someone would say that the Clippers are out of it, someone else would come out and say, no, the Clippers are still in it. They haven't eliminated him yet. And for me, the fact that it dragged on this long, I did feel like something was up. I didn't know particularly, you know, Paul George specifically, but I was like, the Clippers have to be looking at someone, whether it was Bradley Beal, Kevin Love. Like, I'm like, they're trying to get a second guy to pair with him. I just don't really know who. And like, I... You know, I wrote three versions of the Kawhi Leonard saga. You know, one of him signing with the Clippers, one to the Raptors, one to the Lakers. And in, you know, the one to the Clippers before they ended up getting Paul George, I was like, the next step for the Clippers is pursuing Bradley Beal, Kevin Love, or a star that we don't know is available. And that star that was we didn't know was available ended up being Paul George. So I... I don't know. I, I didn't know George specifically, but I had a feeling that with this dragging out for so long, the Clippers at least had some extra time to do something. Uh, but like this front office moves in complete silence. Wow. This is their third blockbuster trade in the last two years. 
you know, the first time they actually acquired a, the star, but, you know, the other three trades all kind of came out of nowhere. And I just think you got to give all the credit in the world to this front office for their ability to keep secrets, not leak stuff and make some really big trades without it really being in the rumor mill. Yeah. Wow. Jovan, is there anything else you want to go ahead, Lucas? I, I, so Jovan, let's, <laughs> let's backtrack a little bit. Cause, right. Cause yeah. okay. I, I, you're, you know, you, you're at the athletic now beat writer, big time journalist. You're, you're doing us all proud, but I, you know, I've known you since the Clipper blog days, right? Like what does it mean to you this moment, this moment in Clipper history, kind of take yourself. I, I want to ask you to take yourself out of this journalist role for a second and just position yourself as someone who, supports the Clippers, who's been around this franchise for so long. This moment in Clipper history is unlike any other. Like, just, just tell us how, like, is it, is it exhilarating? Or have you not even really, like, have you been so busy working that you haven't even realized what's actually happening yet? Like, like it's, you know, it's, it's 5 a.m. East Coast time right now, right? And, I live on the East Coast. I'm still awake recording this podcast. Yeah. Like, sorry, uh, my. <laughs> but but tell tell me like, take yourself out of that journalist role for a second. Put yourself into this like lifelong Clippers supporter role that that you have deep inside of you. <laughs> what does what does this mean to you? Well, to to me, I think this is clearly the biggest moment in. Clippers franchise history and I, I think that and I you know I know like some people you know like the cynical Laker fan is going to be like oh well you know we have 16 titles so those are our 16 biggest moments and like blah, 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 like all that stuff but this really is a big moment because I think what people have to remember with, with how much progress they've made over this last decade is that like Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan were drafted by the Clippers they did not select the Clippers they were drafted there Chris Paul initially wanted to go to the Lakers and that was blocked by the NBA and he ended up on the Clippers and accepted it because he wanted out of New Orleans so bad. But Kawhi and Paul George are really the first two you know, top 10 guys, superstar caliber guys to ever pick the Clippers. Really, like ever, if you just look at the last you know, 50 years of Clippers basketball. So for me, I think this is, this is like an unprecedented moment. This is the moment in Clippers history especially with the Lakers knocking with that third max like Kawhi you know forget Kawhi picking the Clippers over or you know the Clippers over the Raptors he picked them over the Lakers like that enough speaks for itself and and that shows I think how much progress this franchise has made over the last decade over the last five years over the last two years like the Clippers have become a destination they're one of the best organizations in the game and you know in, in basketball and I think this is that culmination. This is that this is everything this front office and this organization is working towards, and they just achieved it. And you have to give them all the credit in the world. And I think for for me as someone who's followed this team for you know for a very long time, like it's a special moment, it's a special time. And um, I've I've been on a bit of a high from, from all this emotion and kind of putting everything in context. But like it's insane. Like you know, this this is the biggest 
night, the biggest moment in Clippers history, and um, I'm really excited to see where it goes next season. All right, one more, one more question for you, Yovan. Yeah. Your Doc Rivers, your Doc Rivers, it's game seven of the 2020 NBA Finals. There's two minutes left. It's a tie game. You're coming out of your last timeout. What five-man lineup are you putting on the floor? Let's assume the Clippers re-sign two bots and then bring back Jermichael Green for the room exception. That's, that's the roster that you've got. What's your five-man lineup to close game seven of the NBA Finals with this Clippers team? Whew. That's a good one. Uh, I would go Lou, Landry, Paul George, Kawhi, and Trez. Yeah. All right. There we go. All right. That's, that's, I mean, that's you, you, you can make a case like pass. I think that, that's probably, without knowing the opponent and, and sort of the, their lineup, that's probably the five I'd go with. Yeah, I think I agree. I don't know if I even answered this question tonight, but I think at you know when push comes to shove, you play your five best players, and that's probably going to be the Clippers' five best players this year. Uh, unless... Wait, but no Patrick Beverly? Patrick yeah. Beverly is not one of the five best players? I think... I'd, ima- I'd imagine you could put Pat for defense and then maybe Sham for offense. That would be Because Pat's just going to be staying in the corner like he often does. I mean, on those sets on offense anyways, and Shamit's the better corner shooter. So I it's... mean, they're going to need Shamit. Like, we already know Shamit can hit shots, but they're going to need him to not only hit shots, but also play make a little. I know he's talked about, you know, he's been a point guard before. That's what he played. Uh, he's been working on those point guard skills too. They're going to need some of that unless they get, like, kind of a sneaky good backup point guard or, or ball handler. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think as good as Pat is um, – you know, his defense and, like, his ability to play up uh, will lose a little bit of its value with Kawhi and PG. Like, his defense on, on smaller guys will obviously still be there. Um, but I just wonder if you might not go for ultimate firepower with Landry. I, I'd probably agree and go with Landry. Um, and also, Lou and Pat is small, as good a defender as, as Pat is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think Doc will have a lot of options. I know that makes him happy. Uh, probably will cause him to lose some sleep, even with Kawhi and, and Paul George. But uh, yeah, like it's it's got to be exciting, and I think it's just nuts how they've kept the so under the wraps. Um, but I, I'm very curious as to what they're doing over at uh, the Clippers back office, as they call it, uh, and what kind of celebrations they're doing. That I would pay to see. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm out of takes on the evening. Yeah, we, we've had a lot of redundant takes. Yovan, do you have anything left to say to anybody listening? Uh, uh, I mean, I guess I would say the, the hires of – I mean, like, you, you got to give the whole front office credit. you got to give Steve Ballmer credit. you got to give a lot of people credit. But I think the two people um, that, that really did the job they were hired to do specifically are Jerry West and Lee Jenkins. Those are the two that – you know, this this is what Jerry's done everywhere he's ever been. He all you know, he always pulls stuff the the impossible out of nowhere that, you know, if you just look at his track record it speaks for itself. But Lee Jenkins was brought in to you know, bring in not just you know, at least one star, but there probably two. Paul George and Kawhi are on the short list of guys he, he's closest with and knows the best. So I think that uh that Lee Jenkins hire worked out really well. Awesome, Yovan. Thanks for joining us, man.
Happy, happy Clippers Day. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys soon. Later, man. Later. That was Johan Buha. What to do, baby? Uh, what to do, baby? <laughs> that was Johan. Check him out on Twitter, Johan, at Johan Buha, uh, on The Athletic, um, Fox Sports West, a fantastic uh, Clippers resource, uh, Clip City podcast as well. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Yep. Really, just really, really great guy for the Clippers. All right, guys. I mean, we can just kind of run through Twitter questions really quick. I, I'm pretty sure we're all going to pass out and be hungover tomorrow morning. That's that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure we got loaded, right, Lucas? Like, <laughs> I haven't even checked Twitter. Um, you know, yeah, I, I've got over 50 questions here. I, oh I can God. just skim through. Yeah. So let, we, we can go rapid fire, right? Yeah. Um, yeah let's do rapid fire. Because I right. don't want to publish this tonight. Uh, I, I don't know why I'm saying this on the pod live, <laughs> uh, but there's like I want you guys to hear this like night of uh, for I'm sure a lot of Clippers fans will be up, you know, People, yeah. hours. Um, so, I can yeah. say, I can say while we, while we have been recording this, I have been, I kind of tweeted out a little bit of a promo here with all of the amazing guests that we've had on, on this episode. And we have a, you know, I'll tease it. I'll tease it. Ladies and gentlemen, Clippers fan Paul Shear is going to be on the next episode of the Lob Jam the Podcast. Oh my god! You're not going to want to miss that one. And, yeah. and this is news to Robin Schaap too. I'm bringing yeah, it to is. right now. <laughs> yeah. Paul, yeah. Paul Shear is going to be on the next episode of the Lob Jam the Podcast. You're not going to want to miss it. So let's go rapid fire through some of these questions. I'm going to throw one to Schaap. I'm going to throw one to Rob. We're going to keep yeah. going like that. All right. So the Clippers right now, all they got left is the MLE and Veterans Minimum. Rob. Who is the Clippers' best MLE target at this point? Joe Michael Green. Yeah. Joe Michael Green. All right, Shap. That question is from, from Aaron Manuel on Twitter. Shap, from ClipperLover94, should the Clippers go after DeMarcus Cousins? No. <laughs> I don't want – I mean, no. obviously, obviously, yes, but I really don't want I, – I just feel like the, the, the MO of this team right now is not DeMarcus Cousins, but obviously, if we can get him for a vet minimum – Center is a position of want right now. Uh, I just feel like he's not what we have all these players who are all selfless, play defense, you know, want to move the ball. I mean, I guess Kawhi, is, Kawhi and Paul George are good ISO players, obviously, but they can also manage, you know, passing the ball a little bit, especially Paul George. Uh, obviously, DeMarcus Cousins isn't, isn't the worst option to get. And I think you guys would probably agree. It's not a bad idea to try and get him. I just don't like DeMarcus Cousins. I feel like he's kind of a risk that you could obviously cut if you needed to. I just – I don't want him on this team. And it's probably just bias. But – and obviously, <laughs> if we sign him, I'm not going to complain. I'll get it, understandably, and he'll probably want to ring chase. That's fine. But, man, I just feel like – I just feel like he's not the best mix of a guy on this squad. But I, I don't know. You guys are going to disagree, I'm pretty All sure. All right. Yeah. All right. Shap is not great at rapid fire, but we're going back to Rob. Go, 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 go. I'll be, I'll be more rapid. So, Sorry. So we got, we've DeMarcus got, Cousins <laughs> is an emotional guy for me to bring up. Sorry, go, go. We've, we've got uh, Jan, Jan, Michael, Peja, and Clippers Nation, Noah Clipper 2, with similar questions. Um, or, I'm sorry, and, and Adrian Ao. What moves come next to fill out the one and five spots? Um, who should the Clippers' primary free agent targets be now that Paul freaking George and Kawhi freaking Leonard are Clippers? 
Rob, who are you looking at the Clippers to sign next? You, you just said to Michael Green for the middle-level exception, but maybe who are some minimum guys to round out the roster for the Clippers? <sighs> minimum guys is tough. Um, you know, I think a point guard, a veteran point guard would be nice. Uh, I really can't think of any names off the top of my head, yeah, uh, which is bad. Raymond Felton, Jerry Lynn. Raymond Felton, bring back, man. Yeah, bring, bring back, back Raymond Felton. Bro, I am here yeah. for the Glob City retread role <laughs> No, no, player. we got this. That is Raymond all Felton, I want. Cole Aldridge. There's your, your basketball Oh, man. Oh, my God. Where, where's Pablo Prigioni? <laughs> all right, all right. Shaft, Shaft. Yeah, got yeah. a question for you from Damian Weber. He wants to know, does Shay know how much we love him? Go. Yes. God, I love Shay. I miss you, Shay. <laughs> I miss you. I'm wearing your jersey, all right. bro. <laughs> all right. Um, best NBA team in LA, Robert, wants to know, how do you go to sleep after this? The earthquake anxiety, Kawhi and Paul George coming to the Clippers. Uh, at the time that this tweet was sent, it was already 1 a.m. It is now <laughs> past 2 a.m. in California. How do you sleep on a night like this, Robert? Are you going to sleep when we're done with this pod? Probably not, though. That has less to do Probably. with uh, the fan and excitement than just working and writing and just preparing stuff. Uh, which, yeah, <laughs> I, I probably will eventually get sleep because I just can't function unless I get at least a few hours, but it'll, it'll be another couple hours yet. All right. We, we got a couple questions here. One is from sign Carmelo. Uh, I got, I hope that's not intended <laughs> for Clippers. Gross. Um, and one is from, one is from Alex Meese. So sign Carmelo asks, Shaft, what does this trade mean for Shamit's development? I think it might help as he has less responsibility to become a ball handler and can focus more on his shooting and passing. Alex Mees asks, how many open threes does Landry Shamit take a night and will he ever miss one again? Shap, what's the answer? <laughs> I'm pretty excited for Shamit. It's going to be super great to see how many open looks he gets. Uh, Rob kind of, I mean, we both kind of, uh, you guys both alluded to this earlier. It'll be interesting to see uh, if his playmaking continues to develop as we've kind of, had hints of seeing. So that'll be interested seeing interested not only seeing his open shots that he'll definitely get, but see if he can be more of a playmaker since we don't really have too many ball handlers in a play in a point guard uh, kind of mold, you know. Yeah, all right. Robert, Chris Gutierrez wants to know what is the likelihood of the Clippers re-signing Jamichael Green and Zubat? I'd say pretty good for both of them. Uh, you know, Green will probably get more money elsewhere, but the Clippers are now uh, a team that veterans will come to to ring chase. Green fit in really well. I think they can get him for the room uh, if that's what they have left. And then Zubats, you know, they can go over to Cap to sign him. Um, and I'm assuming they'll come to some, like, three-year deal maybe with him. Honestly, it might be the same deal they gave Magruder. But, yeah, I think they bring both of them back. All right. Last question for Dr. Shap. <laughs> Can we trade Shamit and Harkless for SGA? Oh my gosh! I wish in a perfect world. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna miss Shay so much. And it's ironic that he's going to the team I've, I've liked watching the least for like the last seven years in the Oklahoma City Thunder. But I'm gonna miss, I'm gonna definitely watch Shay. Yeah. <sighs> I mean, I, I like I said before, even if you gave me the the option. To give Bradley Beal, to get Bradley Beal instead of George and not give up Shea, I recognize that the right basketball move is to get Paul George, even if it means giving up Shea. But 
God damn, I love me some Shea Gilgis Alexander. And it, will, you know what? It, it's yeah. it's rough. It's rough to have him not be on the Clippers anymore. It's understandable. The front office made the right move. I'm not complaining. I on the night that the Clippers get Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, and I'm up until six in the morning recording a podcast. I am most certainly not complaining. I am exhilarated, but I will miss Shea Gilgis Alexander. I want nothing but the best for him in his career. What a phenomenal young player. What a phenomenal oh, young man. So good. I mean. I, I, the only regret that I have is that we had to send him to Oklahoma City to play with Russell Westbrook, which is, you know, one of the worst fates imaginable, I would say. Um, but, man, and, and I'm, I'm happy that the Clippers were able to hang on to Landry Shaman in this trade because I honestly did not think if they were going to make a play for Paul George that they would be able to keep one of those two. And still having Shaman on the roster, in my opinion, is a big win. Um, I, I know I didn't get to everyone's Twitter question. I scrolled really quickly. There's 46 of them. There's no way that I just asked you guys 46 different questions. Um, but we're I also think that be, is... We're also going to be doing another ahead, pod in like a day or two. Yeah, Probably we'll be back. Will yeah. be much more sane. Uh, the Paul Shear pod, I guess you can now call it, um, where we actually... The Paul Shear pod. And, uh, <laughs> what did you, baby? <laughs> and uh, I'm so tired and just absorbing this night of so there will be another one coming and we'll get to we'll have a ton more questions coming in so yeah, yeah don't feel bad guys for you know for anybody who did have a question i'm sure anyone who sent in a question that hasn't been answered yet would rather that this pod end at two and a half oh hours God. than keep going and answer their question absolutely what um what a marathon podcast we had i mean oh my god the guests that we had we had lewis keen we had mike jaglin we had Aditya, we had Tomer Zarli, we had at LA Clippers film, we had Jovan Guha. Like, this is, this is the all-star of Clippers Twitter podcast. The greatest Clippers podcast in franchise history <laughs> on the greatest night in Clippers franchise history. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing this, you just listened to all two and a half hours of it. <laughs> I think that'll do it. You guys have anything else to say, Rob? I'm yeah. done. I'm, I'm, I'm cooked. <laughs> Yeah, I have nothing left. I'm taking, I'm taking another shot. What to do, baby? One more the shot, Clippers everybody. Win a ring. One more, one more shot, everybody. What to do, baby? What to do, baby? Oh man, what to do, baby? Rob, what to do, baby? Come on, Rob. What to do, baby? <laughs> All right, everybody. I think that'll do it for this episode of Love the Jam the podcast. This has been a marathon to say the least. Um, as always, you know, listen, subscribe on whatever you listen to us to. Jump on the on the bad wagon, folks. It's about to get a little full. And as always, yes. what it do, baby? Hey, get a seat. It's standing room only. Yeah, standing room only. We're we're sitting up front. And as always, go Clippers! <laughs> Woo!